Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. On episode 31 of the Galen Trombley Show, I have John Manor uh, visiting me in studio. Uh, we, we talk about a lot of stuff. We talk about his background. We talk about his current position at CECOM, and we also talk about his love of fitness. So I hope you guys enjoy episode 31 of the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 31 of the Galen Trombley Show. I'm here today with John Manor. Um, John is the business development representative at CECOM. He grew up locally, but we'll let him talk about that. And um, so welcome to the show, John. Thanks, Galen. Glad to be here. This is the first podcast and pretty excited for it. I, I was going to ask you before you got on if this was your first podcast. I wasn't sure. No, this is. And uh, we talked about it and I know we set up the date and time. I believe it was Tuesday and I've been pretty jacked up since. <laughs> I, I actually, you, I try to give people a little more uh, leeway or kind of a little, like a little head start before I usually don't spring it on you that late. But uh, for whatever reason, I, I have not... I don't think I've missed a week of the podcast, so I didn't want to miss this week. And the person that had lined up had to reschedule, so then I saw you at North Country Connections, and I'm, I'm happy you stepped in, stepped up to the plate. It's a little late tonight, but that's all right. We'll, we'll still have a good time. Um, so, John, for people that do not know you, give them a little background, kind of where you grew up, um, all the way to kind of what you do now in 2019. Sure. Well, I uh, was born in uh, 91, over across the lake in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, went to Beekman Town through and through. Um, was stationed in Beekman Town all the way, all the way through high school. Grew, uh, graduated class in 2010. Uh, I do have a twin brother. That's a fact that not a lot of people know about me, but a lot of people know him. But those who kind of have come into my life a little bit later, say post high school and um, you know post the the young days, don't really know that I have a twin. And when I spring that on them. They're kind of like, oh, wow, you have a twin? They're like, no way, no way. Let me see a picture. Let me see a picture. So then I'll pull up like a family picture and they'll point to my dad usually, you know, because my dad and I look just alike, but my brother, we're fraternal. We're fraternal twins. I'm brown hair, brown eyes. He's blonde hair, blue eyes. And uh, born two minutes apart. I happen to be the older one. But, uh, you know, he lives in the area uh, now where we're dead and he's actually serving over in Afghanistan right now and uh, with the National Guard for Vermont. He volunteered. He did four years in the Air Force. And when he was overdoing his four years in the Air Force, I was at uh, Springfield College in Springfield, Mass. Um, was kind of recruited there to play some football at a high school at a Beekman town and uh, wound up there and wouldn't change that experience for the world after playing you know, a collegiate sport just kind of taught me a lot of life lessons, a lot of valuable life lessons and met a really lot of, let a ton of great guys who still to this day that I, you know, in contact with and, you know, try to see every now and then a lot of them live down in the Westchester area, Connecticut area, Massachusetts area, but so we're kind of out of the way up here. And then, uh, after college, I spent some time in right outside of Hartford, Connecticut, Doing a couple different things. I was a manager, believe it or not, at Chipotle. Kind of just started as a college job that I got into on my last semester, senior year, because through the credits that I took at Beekman Town, the, the, 
I believe they called it cap credits. I had a, you know had about a semester done, and I was able to transfer those over. So my second uh, semester senior year I was just living in an off-campus house with five other football guys, and then and the parents would come on on family weekend and whatnot. I actually wasn't living there on family weekend during the season, but would spend a lot of time there. And they, every one of them said they wouldn't let they wouldn't let the dogs live there, a cat, even an animal, and so. The spring of 2014, we graduated. Oh, I lived in that house and uh, lived on a deflated air mattress for two months, actually. It had no air because we would, uh, you know, have a little too much, a little too many beers a couple nights. And we would, one of our, one of my bigger friends would jump on it and use it as a trampoline. And so that popped. So we easily went two months where I would just blow air up into it every night. And so I just picked up a Chipotle job because we used to go to Chipotle probably once, twice a week right across the state line in Enfield, Connecticut. And uh, so I'd work in, I was working in Enfield and living in Mass and just crossing over the border every day. But sounds crazy, but it was really only, uh, you know, like people do here, but it was only a 10-minute drive. So, but ended up excelling at Chipotle because I always just like, like to done well with what I work. Whatever I do, I like to do well and like to watch, my, you know, watch myself kind of advance and progress through ranks if possible. And so graduation came and I was kind of caught with a dilemma like, hey, do I want to go back to New York or what do I want to do? I could have had the option to live with one of my buddies down here in Connecticut. So I was like, you know what, let me stay. Then I started training to be what's called a kitchen manager was, you know, for a while and then trained to be a service manager and so on up and ended up working there for two years, two and a half years before I was like, eh, it's not for me anymore. So then I picked up a little bartending job in uh, West Hartford, Connecticut for about a year and a half until about two, June of 2017 is when I came back to um, Plattsburgh. Um, you know, I had, had my father, Shannon, was kind of gave me the gave me the talk. Cause I was about I was 24 at the time. Hey, junior, you know, look at you're almost 25. You're getting or 26. So I was 25 at the time. So you turn 26, you get off the parents insurance. You need to find, find yourself something stable, um, you know, with the insurance benefits, the whole nine yards, right? The typical dad's feel. And uh, then I got landed at Glens Falls National Bank and for about a year and learned, met a lot of great people through there and uh, learned a lot of uh, valuable um, skills and went with the banking field and ended up at CECOM as the business development rep about six months ago and couldn't be happier. That's, that's great. That's actually yeah. probably one of the best, uh, best intros. I like that. Yeah. Um, so, okay. That's no, very cool. So, uh, Beekman Town, class of 2010. Uh, what sports did you play in high school? You said football, obviously, football. went into the college. But. Yeah, and played baseball as well. I, baseball was a sport that I really, really enjoyed, and uh, it was just so lax. Our practices, you know, we'll go take a little, take a little BP. We're out shagging. Was Eric, ball. Eric, your coach? No, I had uh, Jim Knight. I don't know him Jim Knight, that. who actually just took uh, accepted the superintendent of schools job at Northern Adirondack. Okay. Yep. Just recently. So congratulations to Jim. Uh, he's, he was a great guy. Um, he was a great coach. And, uh, you know, as, as I started playing football at the collegiate level, I was like, man, those baseball practices are pretty nice, huh? You know, we would just catch fly balls and just take a little bit of infield outfield and batting practice and go over some, some skills and drills. And that was about it. We called it a day. I, I remember, um, I played at Shay Z, but we, I mean, we, we were actually, we had a decent baseball team growing up and then uh, same thing. Ba- I mean, you got to the point where like you could only do so much. Like the pitchers yeah. weren't really going to pitch, so it was like you go out, you toss the ball around. You might have gotten gone over some situational plays here and there. You know, if a ball was hit to the outfield, how would you, um, um, you know, basically relay the ball in or, right. or something like that? But at the end of the day, most of it was just 
doing batting practice. So you shag baseballs in the outfield or you'd be, you know, you'd grab a position. Usually most guys were, you know, running out probably left field or center field or, or shortstop where most yeah. of the balls were being pulled that way. So, um, yeah, baseball practices were great. And, and I always, the one thing I loved about baseball is like when I, we went to Shazy, like we took soccer, but a lot of obviously very, a lot of effort into soccer. We got over that and you know, then we kind of got into basketball, which was a little more lax, but it was a long season. So I think as we came out of the winter and we went into baseball, it was like, okay, we made it. And practice, I mean, away games were a joke. I mean, we'd play, but we had more fun on the bus coming home. And, you know, uh-huh. just if you have a good group of guys, which we did, God, baseball was so much fun. Baseball was a, it was a ton of fun. And I'm glad you brought up the bus, the bus trips. We, uh, we would do a lot of, a lot of things on the bus, um, especially growing up. I had my first experience with it, uh, ninth grade, and we had that senior class, which consisted of a, a lot of really good guys in, in Beekman Town, and they all played baseball, and they would just get after each other on the bus, and that was like, wow, is this what we have to look forward to? Yeah. You know, and because we were, we were still a little young, and some of us, some of us were, were interactive with it, but um, yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of things that the things that went down on the bus uh, for baseball trips that you didn't see on on football trips because they were more serious. But if you know you lost a baseball game, it's it's only Monday. It's like heck, we got another one on on Tuesday or Wednesday. Let's yeah, you know whatever. Let's just go get that and one. It's a short season, and you yeah, know, like I, I think what's baseball is maybe maybe eight weeks total from like yeah. pitching in the gym or throwing in the gym to like the final game. It's a very fast season. Yeah, it goes super fast because. Well, prime example right now in Northern New York, the weather is still not cooperating great for baseball yeah. games. And here we are creeping up on the, you know, we're in the second week of May. Yeah. So it's, and then graduation is the end of June. So, you know, and you're done well before that. But uh, yeah, baseball was, baseball was a, a trip of a, a trip of a sport. One of my biggest pet peeves in sports, being on high school sports, my two things that I couldn't stand come, coming into sports was missing a tackle in football because I, I love defense and was a linebacker and um that's what i was recruited for out of college, uh, to go to the springfield and stuff but didn't stay there we can talk about that okay. but and and missing of dropping a fly ball oh, I, yeah. I could not stand either one of those two things so center field and and linebacker for football primarily and if i missed the tackle or dropped a fly ball it would it would haunt me for days days the fly ball, I think most people dropped a fly ball because they probably started too, they probably ran up too quick. Yeah. And then you had to do like the backtrack and either went over your head, which you see all the time in high school baseball. All the time. Or someone trying to one hand, like one handed catch. You always talk like two hands in baseball, which, you know, you're not in the MOB. You know, usually it's kind of nice to kind of, you know, trap it into the glove. But yeah. of course, by the time you're a junior, senior, it's like bad habits have crept in at that point. Oh, uh, it, was, it was, yeah. And if, of course, when, you know, I had to have, the coolest glove, right? I had this Rawlings Heart of the Hide Trappies 12 and a half or 13 inch glove, which I still oh, have that's, today. That's a pretty long one, yeah. Yeah, you know, I was a true outfielder. That full web. Oh, the, I love it. Broke it right in. Yeah, broke right in. We used to do some old school stuff. Wrap, put a softball in it, dip it in oil, rubber oh, God, band. Yeah. Just squeeze it at night like this while watching watching TV, opening and closing the glove. And, uh, put it under your mattress. Yeah, those just some tricks, just yeah. those wild stuff that you that you know literally quote dad tricks. Yeah, to, to yeah. break in to break in the glove yeah. and put we the would oil do all those. And- yeah, and of course I had to have a Easton Stealth comp bat. <laughs> it was you, you. You're only gonna hit home runs if you had the four hundred dollar bat, right? That, that's that, it. That's you know packed. that you. <laughs> that you literally, we would break it in a little bit in batting practice, right? And then, okay, guys, that's enough with the bat. This is a you know game played this against is a game sports. Ball. This, this is a game, this yeah, is a game bat. We got to put this puppy back in the bag. Oh, and no throwing that, no throwing that bag, that bat bag <laughs> on the ground. 
So it was it was great. Really good times. Really good times. We we, and we would get so lax at our practice. We would take our shirts off and, and tan in the outfield while we were while we were taking BP. You know, we're just hanging out there, just tanning, uh, making the young guys, making all the any anyone who was young out there get the, go get all the fouls in the woods. You know, we're like we're not going to get those, especially as your senior oh, yeah. year. No, no, not, not a chance, man. Uh, so. Um, no, that's great. Um, it was also it's also the one sport that you can eat during the game. We we I remember we used to go meaning like you always had sunflower seeds. Oh, that's another. So great my point. back my back pocket. I, I played uh, in high school. I played second base and or shortstop, one of the two. And I always had sunflower seeds in the back pocket. And then every once in a while, we would sneak in beef jerky. Mm-hmm. So you'd have beef jerky in your back pocket. So you'd be eating during the game. It's the only sport I know that you could be eating food while the game's going on while you're in the game and. Uh, yeah, baseball is a very unique sport. Like I said, totally, and it doesn't. There's no exertion ever. Ever. I mean, the most you ever do is maybe stealing second. Yeah, and, and if you hit a tri- if you hit a triple, or a tri- oh yeah, if you hit a triple, man, you're yeah, you're doing you're you're on third base and you're yeah, you're sucking wind. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, by the time you got the baseball, everybody was out of out of shape. I mean, was, of, yeah, yeah, you you lost it over the winter. So and back on the snack part, if you literally didn't have snacks for the game. Like you didn't stop at the vending machine and grab those crackers or those mm-hmm. pretzels to take on that road trip to Saranac Lake and have to munch on during the game. You were botching it. Yeah. Yeah. You were messing up. And, um, <laughs> our dugout was so lax. Uh, my <laughs> sophomore year, we had a couple, a couple, uh, of guys with, uh, temperamental issues, right? That's right. Yeah. Who were seniors. They'd strike out. Uh, coach Knight actually let us hang a, a punching bag in our dugout. Out of the way of the fans, but still visible to the opposing dugout. And we would come in and we literally... So instead of punching the dugout wall, yep. which yep. Uh, I shouldn't say occasionally, da- occurred daily, yep. we would have... We set up a punching bag we hung in the, in the, in the dugout. <laughs> and it was great. It was, a, it was a huge stress reliever. And I'm like, this is why I love coming out here, man. I, I, remember, I remember playing in a game. We were, we were, this was an away game. So we were at another you know, team's facility. And I'm, I remember sitting in the dugout... One of the guys in my class struck out, he, and he, he, I mean, he, like, I don't even know if he was a starter. Like, I think he was just like, he subbed and probably was only at bat. So right. he strikes out. So he comes walking over and he's pissed that he struck out. So he takes the bat and he hits the side of the dugout. Now the dugout was like an old, like plywood, you know, kind of a, you know, piece together kind of thing. And I remember sitting probably right over by the edge of the dugout. And all I heard was just whack. And I'm like, what? What the hell? Cause he, I kind of lost sight of him because he had walked on the side. Right. I remember the coach ripped into him. And as soon as he did it, he like realized like, oh shit, I shouldn't have done that. And um, I, I still remember to this day, like everybody just ragging on him because he did it. I got yelled at. And then, of course he sat down and we were just relentless on him on the bench because there's nothing else to do in baseball. It's a slow sport. You know, slow. Not, there's not a lot of action going on. Foul ball, got pitcher goes back. So yeah, you know, you send the young guys back, especially you'd get one of those, you'd play one of those teams uh, from the area who were not great. And they would cite, you know, we'd go through, they'd, they'd have like that one kid who was like their only pitcher mm-hmm. and he just couldn't throw a strike. So we're just up there chopping hay, just trying to get it, just trying to get a hit. So this game doesn't last three hours. Yeah. But been a part of That's the problem with high school baseball. If it's, yeah. If one team's significantly better, those can be long. And it's like, 30 to three and it's yeah. like, oh my god and nothing's better than when you had uh one of the guys who knew how to do it you know keep keep book yep it doesn't matter if it with the ball literally hit the glove and fell to the ground that's a hit man that was a hit 
the, the, the stats would get super padded against those teams too because we'd get away with everything. You know, ground ball, hits off the chest, errant throw to first base. Yep. Be, he, beat he, he beat the throw. He beat the throw. I mean, he right. beat the throw. That's it. That's, you know? That's, and he ended up on second. Well, I think I think that ball hit the gap, actually. That's a 2B. That's Definitely. a 2B. Yeah, yeah. we. Uh, I actually um, – I, I was big. I, I grew up playing um, – I don't know if you ever played it, but like they used to have these like baseball card games. You roll the dice and they go off the cards. It was kind of a cool thing. Me and my dad did as as a kid, and I, he still kind of does it. Um, but man, I remember I, I was huge in the baseball. I was a big Expos fan yeah. back in the day. Still am. They're oh. they'll, they'll come back one day. And uh, so I remember I, I learned how to do the book by doing that. So I was always like the designated. Even if I was playing in the game, I was on the. I was. I mean. Again, Chase Day, we don't have a lot. Of, you know, there wasn't yeah. a lot of uh, people volunteering to take the book on a, on a high school baseball game. So, you know, especially away games, like I would do the books. I'd fill out the books. I'd go play out there, come back, fill out the books. Coach might do it or whatever. But sure. It's kind of a cool skill. I, I probably could still, I could I could do it fairly quick. I mean, it's not hard to learn, but once yeah. you, but it, it does take kind of a talent because you got to understand the game and. You it know, does. And keep it semi-accurate, you know, especially because there's a lot of stats in baseball. Well, there is, and things can back up quicker than you think on that book, and you can kind of forget a score. If you got runners, if you're not keeping track of where runners are, someone yeah. kind of comes home, it's like, oh, where'd this guy go? Oh, well, they actually came home, so it's it's 9-1 to one instead of, you know, 8-1. Uh, to one. And there's times, like, you'd have to compare scorebooks with the other coach. All like, the time. Yeah, you'd go all up the time. and be like, hey, what, what's the score? Be? It's 13-12. Especially like, okay. during, the, during the peewee leagues, right? The coach's wife or whoever's mom would be like, okay, top of the fourth scoreboard check. This is what I got. This is what you got. Okay. We're still on pace. Yep. You know, happened all, happened all the time. Like, Hey, you want to say it's top of the six? Yeah. Let's move this game. Yeah. Along. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so you went to, uh, let me see Springfield mass for college. You said you, you didn't graduate there. Or you did. I did. I did what, graduate what, there. Then what'd you say you didn't stay at? Uh, linebacker in football. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, so- I definitely stayed at Springfield College, and I had a little bit of a roundabout way that I did my schooling. Uh, came out of high school, and up until I was about 24, I was hell bent and determined to get into law enforcement. And um, you know, I kept my nose clean with with everything I needed to do, and kept my grades up, and uh, you know, tried my best to you know, really work on my character and have a strong character. You know, try to do what, always do the right thing when you know. If everyone's watching or if no one's watching, right? And so, um, but I, but then I also had a passion for fitness, and I still do. So I went into Springfield originally doing going into for applied exercise science, which is you know essentially a, you could come out with a strength and conditioning coach, and that's what a lot of guys did. You could do personal training, but you know you could get a personal training certificate certificate in, on, on a weekend and uh, and an hour course online, right? Um, so I kind of came in to do that, but then deep down inside, I always wanted to be in law enforcement. So I'm like, oh, there's a, there was a ton of work involved with being applied exercise science and internships and having to do this a conference that you needed to get these points for and this and that. So I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? So I, and after my first year, actually, I almost I almost didn't go back to Springfield, which would have been the worst decision of my life. I would have never, never forgave like, myself. Like homesick or just, um, well, or didn't like the area. Well. It was just maybe a combination of a lot of things. I don't know if I, if I really was going to enjoy the next football season because as a freshman, you know, you don't play that much. And, you know, going into that second year, you, you know, you build all your friendships and you have an idea what's going on. I, by this time, I had been moved over to a defensive end. Um, but I was just I was like, why my parents were talking, you know, if you're going to go into law enforcement and you want to do that, just come to Plattsburgh State. It'll be a lot cheaper. Get going for like psychology and something like that. And... But I was really kind of stuck on, do I really want to play football, continue to play football? You know, how much do I like it? It's a ton of time. 
It's a full-time job. Those out there who played college sports or sport at the collegiate level, you know, you know, it's a full-time job, but you know, on top of that, it was just, it was just a lot. Football was tough and it's, you know, you don't want to, are you going to play? Am I not going to play? Long story short, ended up going back to Springfield for my sophomore year and switched over to general studies, which is like essentially a liberal arts. And, but I was able to kind of customize my degree, how I want it to, how I want it to be. I was, then I would, um, still take classes in exercise science, like anatomy, phys, exercise, physiology, kinesiology, cause I still had an interest in that, but I'd also worked myself into some criminal justice courses. Um, and I also worked in some business courses because I was, you know, they're always good to have business ethics, business communication, personal finance. I wanted to ready myself for life as well in case I had the entrepreneur hair ever sprout up in my back. I was kind of, kind of have a little bit of a background on, uh, on that too. So kind of finished what I finished was, was general studies and cause for law enforcement, you don't need a criminal justice degree, you know, from what everyone says, you just need a four year degree or a two degree, depending on where you're applying. And I didn't want to be just criminal justice with no other experience in anything else. Yeah. I, I think I kind of, well, I've, I've kind of taken, like I went to college and I did that whole thing. And I, I really think going forward, like you said, being to me, being more well-rounded on some stuff um, is, is beneficial. Cause I, I find like, I have a couple, you know, younger people that work here and they're, you know, still kind of, or, or interning, they're going through college and it's, it's always the same thing. Like, what am I going to do next? Like, you were probably what 20 well after the end of your freshman year you're probably 19 20 yeah 19 yeah so you're starting to look at like what do i want to do like at 19 to me you don't really know anything that you want to do like you might have an idea like you had kind of a general idea where you'd go but probably wasn't banking you know what i mean and it gets to the point where you evolve as a person you get different interests or opportunity you know unveils itself but i find that somebody that's well-rounded and like you said having some more kind of life skills versus you know to like to me going to like I would have done high if I could go back I would have done high school and college or or lack of college much different meaning mm-hmm. like you know more because I think what a lot of people lack coming out of high school and college is personal financing budgeting um, you know understanding you know compound interest understanding you know mortgages understanding you know health insurance understanding all these things that life just springs at you when you become our age and. Sure. I think the fact that you said that, you know, you kind of came out with a, you know, a very kind of, I would say kind of like a broad degree because you took a lot of different things. Yeah, that's a great it, term for but it. But it made you broad. very well-rounded. And and to me, I think you, you, you know, it's it's very good to have a lot of knowledge in a lot of aspects, like especially in the job you have now. I bet you that's helped tremendously because you can talk about a lot of things. So like like right now, if you take... Like I said, business development. I have an idea of what that is. And I think we were kind of talking before, but like everything has very much changed for from what you originally went for. You know, mm-hmm. like law enforcement or even yep. exercise. And you, I mean, we'll talk. We'll talk, touch on that in a sec. But um, so, like for you, like what we kind of talked about, like a day in the life. But like, what what do you do on a daily? It can be everything. You can you encompass all of this. But like also talking about your kind of the position you're in now and kind of the goal of it, because I know a position like that, you are meeting a lot of people, you know, and you're, you know, you're out there. You're a very public person at that point. Right. And, um, I meet a ton of people right now, day in and day out and a lot of skills. And you can attest to this. I think anyone can, but especially when we were going back in school, the 2010, it was a huge push for everyone to go to college. You got to go to college. You got to go to college. You got to go to college, get a good job. Mm -hmm. If you don't go to college, you'll never get a good job. You can come out, and it was kind of frowned upon 
you know, graduation, it, it made you, they made you feel, um, they made it seem frowned upon if you came out at graduation, um, you know, so-and-so workforce. Yeah, exactly. You know, that was yep. kind of looked, that was, was kind of looked down upon, but now take that person who was, you know, real quick in the workforce and learned the trade of a plumbing or an electrician or a carpenter mm -hmm. and now, or a painter, and mm -hmm. now they've gained life's valuable life skills. They worked on, they're four years ahead on working on their own budget, as we talked about. And I will talk about that in a sec, because I, I do those for as, as presentations. They're, they're, they, they're on their own now. They're paying their own rent. They're doing a lot of these things that you're going to school for four years. You're kind of procrastinating some of those life skills. And some, some of us come out with, um, and I didn't, I will be the first to admit, I didn't come out with the best degree, but I've kind of made it work for myself is we'll go to St. Lawrence because it's a prestigious university for 55,000 a year. Um, you know, not get that much, that much in scholarships. And then I'm paying off student loans. So I'm 45 because I'm just an English teacher or I'm a math teacher or I, you know, something like that. But, you know, you can do that at a lot cheaper of a place. You know, each institution has their own, you know, specialty, but. You know, the, the life skills you can learn coming out in the workforce, I think, is is really going to start coming back um, because it's just needed because a lot of skill and trade jobs or there's a super, super spike because I talk to these, these type of businesses every day. The local businesses, they can't find good people. Someone who wants to show up every day at nine o'clock mm -hmm. or eight thirty. And if you're supposed to be here at eight at nine, but you're showing up at nine, ten and you've got a you've got a Starbucks a donut and cup in your hand. They're like, Hey, what's going on? You know, we, we, you know, we start at nine ten, or we start at nine. Ah, sorry. The, the line at Starbucks was, was long. I didn't expect it to be that long. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's kind of how that generation has evolved into. But if you're, you know, bought into a different way, you're much better off. Yeah. I think, well, I think you hit the nail on the head when you talk about like trades, plumbing, yeah. electric, uh, electric, they're back. they're back. Well, if I, if I, again, I, if I knew 10 years ago, I would have gone to like CV tech and learned to trade because oh, I look at it now, like at least my degree, like I got my, my license to sell real estate when I was in college. I've been doing this for a long time, Yep. but I didn't need college for what I'm doing now. And the other thing is like, why I wish I would have known plumbing, electrical carpentry, just for future stuff, like I, I own an apartment. I mean, I'd like to get more. Like it'd be cool to, mm -hmm. if I had to fix that or do stuff in my house. But the amount of people that have a plumbing uh, or in the plumbing trade, the electric trade, those guys are all retiring right now. You know, they're they or are. they're going to be retiring, and they are. You're seeing a lot of them. You know, they're in their 40s, 50s, 60s. You know, maybe even 70s. You know, I know a couple guys that you do that taping. You know, they're really good, and they're really good at what they do. But they're retiring. There's nobody to fill in that gap or the demand for that gap because that demand is, I believe, going to increase even more because people – I mean I don't have the skill for that. So I'm hiring out. Well, if there's a bunch of people like me that never grew up doing it and there's a limited amount that are doing it, I mean just – again, the supply and demand is going to not be good. So I think trade anybody out there as a, a young kid, if you don't want to go to – like you don't know what you want to do at college. Like you don't want to – to me, if you're not going for a professional degree, meaning you need it like an attorney – a doctor, a teacher, something like that. If you're going to go my profession, your profession, I mean, I don't think you need a, did you need a degree for yours? No, yeah, no, so, absolutely not. And, and I think a lot of the stuff is like, if you don't know, worst case to me, go in, do, um, do a trade. Or if you really don't want to know and you want to go to college or whatever, I think your best thing is just shadow a bunch of companies, yeah. a bunch of people. Like I, I think, you know, I have a couple, um, I got one girl right now who's in college and she wants to do real estate as, I mean, and she's like, 
well beyond her years. She's very, very driven. Um, it, but she's shadowing me to learn real estate. And it's like, she's going to get so much out of that compared to just going and sitting in, in a room, reading a textbook. And, you know, I'm hoping kind of what you alluded to before, like to go to college, to spend all that money and get into so much debt. So when you come out at 21, 22, you have 50, a hundred, $150,000 worth of debt. And it's like, like you said, that's, that's a mortgage payment that you're paying off for 30 years. And it's insane. The amount of people that come out, what I would say behind, meaning they're, you're already owing where, I mean, I was lucky enough. I didn't have that, but I also had the, the wherewithal to kind of, you said with your parents had told you like, you know, you don't need to go to a fancy special college. Go, I went to Plastic State, went, saved money. You know, I don't have any student loans right now, you know, and that, that has put me in a position we talked about before. Like I have an apartment building cause I don't, I'm not paying student loans, you know? And, yeah. um, I think a lot of, I think that's, yeah, I agree a hundred percent with what you just said. I, I think we're and hopefully, I hope education going forward is going to evolve into more trades, more courses, more one year specialty schools, or like, you know, you, you maybe go away to, or you go to, I don't know, you live in Albany for a year, but you take a special course on finance or on real estate or on, Absolutely. you know, banking and, and just immerse yourself and shadow and learn. And then you can go right into a business and, and excel at it. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing really is for kids, if you don't know, if you're coming out of school or high school and you don't know what to do, just don't feel the need to go to school. Just start gaining experience somewhere. Start gaining real world experience. Start meeting people because every person you meet and it's so big in my profession has their own network. Everyone you meet has their own contacts and has their own um, kind of kind of umbrella of people that they know. And then it kind of it kind of goes off from there. And what we were just talking about, what you just alluded to is. I was just on. A, I was just visiting a, a business today, and this kid was working on a, a skitter, which is you know for logging and stuff. And this is a big piece of machinery. And you know, I was talking to them, and because they were working, and you know, I drop in, and he's just like, "I'm how old are you, man?" He goes, 17 and he was, wow. he was up to his elbows in grease and really working on. And he's a senior in, in in school still, and gets half of his day out, and he's only spends a little bit of time in school, but he's out learning this type of type of job skill right now at 17 i wouldn't know the first place to start if i'm looking to you know dive into dive into this 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 piece of machinery real quick right here i mean could i could tell you roughly how to change a tire because it'd be similar to a car yes but they're changing like valves and things like that and on that same line someone who goes into um, plumbing at 17 18 years old goes in a couple years opens up their own business becomes an entrepreneur at 24 Listen, you know, you and I both know, everyone listening knows, the North Country winners, have your pipes freeze mm-hmm. at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock on a Sunday night when it's minus 20 out and you have no water. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You're a homeowner and you need to get that fixed because you, you need to look out for your family. Well, that's, you know, that's not going to be a, a, a little bill when, when that person's done coming to your house mm-hmm. at 8 o'clock on a Sunday night when it's that much, that cold or that, um, you know, time of the year at that hour on that day. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a pretty penny that you're going to pay to have someone come out there and fix that. And guess what? That person who came out here and fixed that didn't go get a four-year degree. They learned valuable life lessons right out of high school. They learned to trade, and now they're excelling at their trade. Mm-hmm. They learned. They did their time. They pay. They paid their dues, which a lot of people, especially younger adults, don't. They feel that sense of entitlement, mm-hmm. you know. But you're 19, 20, you know, shadow someone like you were talking about. Shadow, uh, be a, an apprentice, uh, you know, get an apprenticeship and um, be a. Uh, 
you know, not, I don't know if it's a foreman, if that's the person who's just kind of out, you know, they're, they're not in charge yet, but you're just out going to jobs and fixing jobs. And then, you know, who knows a couple of years, you can open up your own thing. And then, yeah. then that person who had this granted, well, I get it. You need, you need the degree for a doctor, you know, some lawyer, different things, but it's like, Hey, yeah, man, I didn't go, I didn't go get an education, but, uh, here's your tab for that for my past two hours on this Sunday night, fixing your, fixing your pipes. Yeah. It, no, I, I think trades are, are phenomenal. I think yeah. if, so, if you can, if you can do it and I've told a lot of people that I, I've done, um, I, I do a couple career, actually they're, they're coming up in the next couple of weeks, a couple of career fairs for just, you know, I think one's more for the high school and one's more elementary. But when I go for the ones, the kids are doing high school, like mm-hmm. no offense, there's not many kids that are like, I want to do real estate in high school. And I totally get, it. I was, I was hundred percent right. on that, on that boat um, at the time. But a lot of these kids, I'm like, hey, what are you doing after school? And someone's like, I don't know. I said, I'm a senior. I said, oh, you going to college? You join the workforce? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, well, I don't really want to go to college. And I'm always like, okay, go learn a trade. Like, the first thing I tell kids is like, one, don't go in the debt. And two, go learn a trade. Like, if you yep. be smart. Like, if you need to go to college or want to go to college, like, Plattsburgh State is actually a very good school. And I get it. Some kids want to move away. And, I, you know, that's sure a great experience as you can, you know, probably attest to. Um, but... The idea that you can go and and come out of uh, a, a job and get right to you know making money versus paying somebody off now in, in the form of debt, you know you're you're well beyond and, and and on your way to great things. I I think I'm a, I mean I know it's kind of a cliche to think uh, thing to say, but it really is who you know, not what you know. I mean you do need to know some so stuff, true. but God, some of my best business now. Granted, I I have knowledge to back it up but i don't i'm not getting in the door without knowing people you know what i mean and that's mm-hmm. i think a lot of people especially in our industry and i know when you talk to so many people it's like yeah it helps to have connections with people it or really have, does or, or also um you know kind of have a personal level where you can have a connection that's not just business because i'm very big on like when you go to the networking events i'm i very rarely talk business i usually just we talk about whatever Let's talk about whatever yeah so like most times people don't want to talk about business they talk no. about their business all day and you know what it's a lot of, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's at, at these net, you know, like we at the business after hours and different things that we do. It's, Hey, I just want to unwind. Hey, how's your, how's the kids, man? How are the, how are they doing? Yeah. Ball. Yeah. How little league? How's How's it going? First yeah. couple of games. I, th- I I saw on Facebook, your kid, uh, had a no hitter the other night, you know, but that's how, um, in business, that's how business comes is, you know, people do business with people they like a hundred percent, a hundred, you like know, and trust. Yeah. Like, and trust. If I like, if I am aware of you, I then have to like you and then I have to trust you and then I'm going to try whatever you have. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to try it because I like you and I trust you. I'm not just going to meet you on the street and say, Hey, check out this product. This is, um, you know, going to make you a 500 bucks, extra 500 bucks this week. If you just, um, post about it on social media one time. Yeah. All right, man, that sounds cool, but I don't really know you. So I'm not going to really do that. Yeah. Or if you take your best buddies, like, Hey bro. This right here, I'm telling you, this yeah. is gonna make an extra 500 bucks this week. Real deal. Just post this this once, dude. I'm in. Yeah. Because I trust, I like you, I know you, and I trust you. You know, I don't trust you. So I, I mean, you, you could be walking around in a flashy suit and look like you have all this money. Who knows? But I trust you. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna, do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try you. What? Uh, no, hundred percent. And, and for, so, like I said, we kind of got away from it, but going back to it now, like, what do you do? Like, what's your job entail? What's kind of a day in the life of, of, of John? A day in the life of John uh, at Seacom. 
is, you know, I'll get, to, I'll get to the office this morning. Like I said, my title is business development representative. So I'm kind of the face for the credit union out in the community. And um, what I don't, one thing I don't do is sales is I don't go to businesses and, and sell. Um, but I'll kind of just business prospect in the morning. I, I log from the, I have an Excel spreadsheet of all who I've talked to the past couple months, been on the job about six months now. And I list who I need to follow up with, who I'd like to go visit. Um, I try to research owners of different, now we're talking local businesses, um, locally owned and operated. And I'm not out there to, to drop into AutoZone or JCPenney's and, 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 and try to build relationships there. But what I'm out for is, is the local garage, construction, uh, diesel repair, I do, um, you know, the local little restaurant, even a little ice cream stand, just always out and about in the community on a, on a daily basis. I'll hit the road at about nine 30, 10 and come back about three, three 34. And in that time, I'm just out on the road. Um, I have the, I've uh, very blessed to have the freedom of being able to all over Clinton County travel, whatever I want to do. If I want to wait, you know, come in the office and say, all right, I'm going to go down to Keysville today. I'm going to go down to Keysville or, or I'm going to shoot up to Champlain Moores, you know, Moores Forks area today. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm just out on the road a lot, building relationships in the community, dropping by, trying to meet the, the owner, um, just helping spread the word about the credit union. But what I first, you know, when I first go into a business, I'm not like, Hey, you know, uh, who, who, you would, how's your guys' bank accounts? How's things, how's things going? This is the type of product we have because that's an instant turnoff for a lot of people. They don't want to, they don't want to have someone coming through the door being pushy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just in there and I'll literally, you know, I just, Hey, how's it going? I'm John with the credit union, uh, in, you know, Plattsburgh and you know, how's things going? I just like to do my best to meet a lot of locally owned and operated business owners such as yourself and, you know, shoot the breeze for a minute. And how are you? And I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised at how friendly and, um, the level, the amount of hospitality that a lot of business owners have around here. Mm-hmm. I would, I, and my, my boss, Jerry, he would, he would mention, yeah, you, you're going to be surprised. Is that the guy that spoke? Yes. Okay. He spoke on another country. Yeah. Connection. Very nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Great guy. And, uh, um, really good role model for the position. Um, you know, he, he spoke, you're going to be pleasantly surprised at how many people really, you know, they're glad to have you. They, they'll thank you for stopping by and I'll have people and I'll, on top of businesses that are already there, I'll also get the, I get the county, the new DBA list from the county every month mm-hmm. for the prior month of new businesses in the area, mm-hmm. you know, doing business as, and that involves, which is a little more, you know, to a lot of people it's, and to me at first, it's a little more, um, scary. I'm knocking on someone's actual door, doorstep mm-hmm. being like, Hey, noticed you opened up, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z bait and tackle or bait something. and tackle. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Or, you yep. know, or, or with it's an artesian candles or yep. something like that. Like I just want to sure to drop by and, and wish you the best of luck and you know, how's things going? So what is, what is it exactly? And a lot of people except it, it was tough in the dead of winter. Cause that's, that's really tough to do because people open the door just a little bit. But now that the weather's nice, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so surprised and surprised and it's so, um, how, how welcoming people are like, Hey, I've, I've gone into people's homes, I, you know, they'll open their door, they'll come out on their doorstep and talk to me and just say, you know, hi, or things are, you know, what they'll talk to me about their business and what's going on and what is it exactly. And, oh, so then next thing you know, we'll talk for 20 minutes and they'll be like, oh, so, so you're with the credit union and, and they're like, CECOM, they're like, where's that? You know, they have no idea who Avian was. They forgot what I even came here for. Mm -hmm. But those past 20 minutes, I just, um, established a good relationship for you. Then, Hey, you know what? Maybe I might need a, might need a checking account, which, you know, for every business you do or anything of that nature. And I have people all the time that, uh, that ask me, so, so you're just, you're, you'll be driving by 
and you'll just drop into a garage on the side of the road, like a, a little mom and pop garage and just drop in and say, hi. I'm like, yeah. They're like, wow, how do you do that? And I tell them, you know, you just, in order to change and to grow and to become better, you got to get uncomfortable. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> as you know, and yeah. at first was that, was that super uncomfortable? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Po- some positive self-talk and uh, some old Tom Bowl, green, 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 mm-hmm. before I get out of the car, let's go in and do this because we as humans, we're, we're a little, we're a little afraid of rejection mm-hmm. and I could walk in here and they could not want anything to do with me, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's nerve wracking. But now I, I really enjoy it. I, I, I actually love it. So just dropping in. How many, how many months now? About six. Six. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, a couple of things, like you said, if you're going to the new businesses that have been only open for a month, that's a huge thing. You have someone stop by. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think it says a lot about, if you're, especially if you're, depending if you're small or even if you're a semi big company or whatever, yeah, I see, you know, but I mean, they're like maybe not at someone's house, but they have a storefront or they have, right. Like, but even just dropping in, like in the first month, that's kind of like, kind of cool for a new business up and running. Cause it's like, Oh well, yeah, thanks for stopping in or we appreciate it. Or, Oh, you knew about us. That, that's awesome. And kind of what you said before, like I remember it's different. I mean, I wasn't going, um, you know, door to door like you were doing with, or for the businesses, but talking to people on the phone, I was like, uh, you know, like you get jumbled and yep. it's kind of funny. I get some like new, new agents that I'm training and I just, you know, I'm sitting back and I, I, I know the wheels are about to come off the car or, you know, or oh, come yeah. off the track. And it's just like, I'm just going to sit back and just watch them. Cause I did the same or worse, you know? And I, so yep. you watch them, they talk too quick. They make a mistake. They ask something bad. They say something wrong. And it's like, you know what? You got better. Let's do the next one. You got better. And then it gets to the point where like now you showing up, like you've heard so many stories that you are able to adapt to the conversation. You're able to adapt to the person. Cause like I, I meet a lot of people I've met a lot of different personalities, some, yep. some good, some bad, some absolutely. people I've absolutely, like I, like I came from an appointment right before this, the people were phenomenal, it was so much fun, like we were, I mean I left and we were talking about God knows what, it had nothing to do with the business, like with work, but it was, oh, uh, of course. but then there's sometimes you're like painful, you want to get out, but, it, but every encounter makes you better and makes you learn. And I think that's a, like you said, a valuable skill in the sense of now that you're hundred percent confident, you could pretty much roll up on anybody right now and you'll be able to talk and you'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know you have that you are you're really great at that as well. I mean, yeah. we've, you know, kind of developed that it's so prime example is, you know, just today, I roll up on a garage and there's a 19 year old and the 17 year old working in there. I instantly got to know how to how to conversate with that how to how to work man they had brand new dirt bikes and so mm-hmm. you know, so I'm like, all right, so I kind of get going with these guys because look at <laughs> yep. I'm, a, I'm a guy's guy. Yep. You know, I'm like, hey, I'm like, so which so which one of you guys got when when asked over tea kettle on one of these first? And they they each point to the other one because there were yeah. skid marks on the new bike. And like you see it right here, yeah. this is where he got his ass kicked on the bike, you know. Yeah. Yep. And they they started to love <laughs> it. They're like, all right, this guy is like cool. But then I you, I also have to know what to shift gears because if I um, I'll drop into a lot of organizations and say um, if I'm dropping into the the North Country Mission of Hope just to say hi, see how things are going, and that's a totally different conversation. Oh yeah, yep. That's a totally different conversation than if I'm dropping into um, the diesel mechanic shop, yep. right? Um, th- th- there's two totally different social, um, different lingo going, different around. lingo yep. going there, and there's different social cues going there, and there's going to be a different conversation had there. Mm-hmm. And I, with my through my job, I've just gained incredible experience, you know, just picking up on social cues and figuring out how to extend a conversation. And you can tell figuring out, okay, you know, this person wants to chat for a little bit. I'm going to have to be the one that's, you know, it's 45 minutes later, hour later. All right, I'll let you go. Now it looks like you got to get back to work for the boss gets back mm-hmm. or, 
okay, they uh, they're all sat with me. They're you know I've come in here, did my did my thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna let them go and mm-hmm. you know follow up uh, maybe a couple months later just to see how things are going. And but uh, yeah, there's two uh, like we talked about. There's there's a there's a much different way with a different crowd you have. I, th- I think you you uh, when, when you talk about the boys with the the dirt bike. I think the funny thing about that is I when I first got in the business, man, I was. I was so stiff, meaning I was like, I got to act a certain way. I got to talk a certain way. I'm in a, I was young. I was uh, 20 and it was like, I had to act a certain way in this big professional business that I, I grew up hearing about because my dad did it. But I was like, you know, I, you know, I always felt that I, when I started that I was, I was young. I didn't know what I was doing. I had to really like stay in line and not get out. And now any agent that knows me or any, any Mm -hmm. person I've dealt with, like I am not very like reserved. You know, I, I, I probably, you know. There's stuff that I probably do that maybe like you wouldn't put in a textbook or handbook as like, but at the end of the day, like I really try to act myself. Meaning, yeah. if you see me here on the podcast, you see me at a networking event. If you see me in front of clients, I'm doing the same stuff. Like, and I found that my business has, I felt I've had way more fun doing what I've been doing oh. um, over the last couple of years because I've just like allowed myself just to be myself. But then also, like I think that people genuinely like that. Meaning, like when you're talking to the kids, like how you would normally if you weren't in a business setting. If you took off the, you know, the suit and, and you were just sitting there hanging out with them shooting the yep. shit or they were working on your car, you wouldn't be talking like sales. You'd be, you'd be saying the same thing about which kid went over the, uh, over the dirt bike first. You know? yeah. and, um, and I think that goes a long ways because it, it drops that level of uh, – there. you need professionalism, but you need – you got to be – you got to break that wall, meaning you yep. got to, like you said, like you, you got to, you got to adapt to the person you're talking to. And they, once they hear you start saying something like that, it's instantly like, they're like, all right, he can the relate. The guard is dropped. He We're, can relate. Yeah, now you know, can, because yeah. Yeah, like, you know, I roll up, roll up within a suit a lot of times, you know, I'll, not a full suit, but I'll, you know, mismatch the pants and jacket and people are like, okay, um, what are you, what are you, you're here to either. We're here to what kind of money Sell you want to take? Something. Tell me something. Are you a yep. lawyer? Um, who's in trouble? Are you the IRS? Are you the FBI? <laughs> are you this? Are you that? Yep. Um, you know, but then you're just, you you can instantly just you got to be able to relate. And I um, being from the North Country really it really helps that. And and I, I credit a lot of that to uh, you know my first job at Freedom Fence back in. I, I did three summers at Freedom Fence, and you know we would talk about stuff that. You know, uh, 10 guys putting up fence poles and digging holes all day are going to talk about, yep. you know, there's going to be some stuff in that, that diesel mechanic shop or that, or that construction garage, that trucking and excavating right company. Back. Yeah. They're, uh, <laughs> you know what? They're talking about a lot of that same stuff. So being able to relate and just, you know, when you don't, when I don't come off as salesy and, and, and trying to just push something on them, push a product on them, they're just comfortable and they're opening up. And then next thing you know, we're talking about, you know, where they're slugging beers this weekend. So oh, that's, it's yeah. great. So that's kind of a typical day is I'm just always out on the road, um, just out building relationships and working on a lot about trying to set up financial literacy presentations as well. Mm-hmm. I know we touched on this earlier. Yeah. Cause you did one for a local what, group of kids. Somewhere? Yeah, I did one at Clinton community college uh, a couple weeks ago. And right now I'm in a, I'm, I've got about seven or eight lined up for seniors against fraud um, at different uh, with the uh, senior nutrition um, center, of, I'm sorry, the senior citizen council of Clinton County and the nutrition program that I go to kind of like a lunch and learn. And we just talk about basic fraud, you know, what's out there, you know, how to avoid it and things of that nature. So, um, but I'm working on getting to some of the local high schools to get into the classroom, teaching kids about what they're not getting taught 
and those life skills of budgeting back on that topic, I guess, budgeting, savings, Mm -hmm. debit cards, credit cards, um, credit score, how credit score affects a lot more than you ever thought. So that's also a big part of my job is I'm out on the road trying to set those up and also um, performing those. Yeah. Or or not opening up a credit card because a lot of kids don't know or don't realize too that like if you don't have a credit card, you have no credit. Yes. And if you don't have a credit card and the importance of start establishing credit early Mm -hmm. and you know we dive right into um the five you know the five major factors that are are affect your score the most you know affect your score the most and we talk about like you touched on earlier compound interest and interest on so this is how this works junior um you want that car Mm -hmm. okay so we're taking out a loan for five thousand dollars over five years at five percent so let's do the math on that Mm -hmm. oh how much is this car going to cost well i mean i'm taking it for five thousand dollars you know with interest though, that's going to cost us uh, an extra 250 bucks a year. So we're going to be at 1250 bucks. So for the course of interest over the five years. So now that $5,000 car, if we make our, we make our monthly payments, the minimum monthly payment for five years is going to cost us Mm $6,250 and just kind of under getting kids to kind of grasp that concept of interest and how that works and um, just kind of how ways to um, decrease interest, whether you decrease principal, decrease time or decrease your rate which gets tied back into, okay, better rate, oh, better credit score. Uh, I've saved more and budget more. I have more money. I get to decrease my principal. So mm-hmm. we dive, we dive. I like to dive pretty good over that with them and try to relate, um, once again, relate to my audience about how, hey, oh, so you guys are getting out. You know, you just got your first job. You want that uh, You want that cool Jeep, that $50,000, $60,000 Jeep. You want to mm-hmm. put 22s on it. You want to put a lift kit on it. You want to tint it. Okay, just be, just remember. Just remember, you also need to keep a roof over your head. You also need to keep food in your stomach. You also may want to have. You also may want to live. Mm-hmm. You know, have a good time here and there. You also need to do. You know, put away ten percent for you, and you know, build up a little bit of a nest egg, and also, you know, everything else that just life entails. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I, I'm I'm glad you're doing that because I think yeah, it's it's nice. Um, I love doing and, it. Well, I think that's cool about you too is you can still relate to a lot of guys or kids like. You come in as a younger guy and you're talking to kids that maybe they're within 10 years of you, you know, that goes a long ways versus getting someone that's their, you know, their parents age coming in they're like, okay, well here we're listening to mom or dad kind of talk. And I think I've always like gravitated towards like when I do the, the, the things with the kids, like the career day, like me being, I mean, for most of those kids, say 15 years older, but they still look at you like you're not super old, you know? So it's kind of cool. Like if you go to college, like you're you know, they're five, six years behind you, but that it's like, you have perfect, you can, you can really relate to them and they can look at you and say, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, this guy I can trust because he just went through the same stuff we're going through. And you have, you can actually back it up and say, yeah, I went through this and you know, <laughs> here's some wisdom for you guys from about five, six years down the road. Yeah. And yeah, I, you know, that, that's great. I think the more you can do that, the, the better it's going to be. It's for really so great. Kids. And a lot of this lot of 98% of what I talked about has all I've learned through just life as well. Mm-hmm. That's that's not even education. I learned about um you know I taught myself a lot about credit scores and credit and credit cards and how to effectively use a credit card because um, my parents were always great with okay get yourself a credit card never carry a balance mm-hmm. never get yourself in credit card debt and I really you know adhered to their advice on that and then um, dove in even deeper and really learned about it. Uh, and and this, those were things I also didn't learn in, even in post-education as well in college. And those were just things that just you learn just work getting through life and living life. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I've been, um, I mean, knock on wood, I've gone uh, well, 29 years. I've never had credit card debt. I mean, I have. Oh, that's awesome. I, I might. Yeah. I mean, we, we've, 
I, yeah, I've never missed payments. I've never not, you know, it's just something, but you said it's like live within your means and yep. you know, that's the number one rule of my presentations live below your means. Or, or, yeah. Live yeah, below your means. Yeah. Everything ties back into the number one rule live yeah. living below your means. Yep. That, no, great. Um, so switching gears here. Um, anybody that has ever met you, um, knows you're a little bit smaller than me, but you're getting there. But uh, no, <laughs> John's, John's a pretty, uh, fit individual. So, um, we talked about, obviously you played, um, football in college. Um, I'm sure you, you did, um, you know, some, obviously some working out and stuff in, in a high school leading up to, you know, football and, and maybe even baseball, but kind of go through your fitness journey. So I, I know kind of where you're at now, but that I know that wasn't always there. So kind of give us your background on, cause this is obviously a passion of yours. Um, also, so kind of where you started and then where you're at now. Sure. It, it fitness journey really started back when, uh, was what I would credit. I credit all to my dad, my dad, Shannon. We, you know, back in our younger days, even modified, you know, pal football. He's like, Hey, I, boys start doing some push-ups in between commercials. Cause, uh, you know, you're going to need to start getting, you're going to, you know, want to want to put on strength. You get stronger as you get going. And it also kind of, kind of started with that little bit of wall sits in the basement, just, you know, kind of meaningless type stuff, but look in hindsight, it was, it, it was all right, but we really dove into the weight room. Uh, I believe it was about, Oh, was it, it could have been eighth or ninth grade. Um, you know, my father has, was a bodybuilder back in his, back in his heyday and, you know, did a lot of sports and, you know, exercise and worked out a lot. So we kind of gave, and we were, I was lucky enough to have him as kind of a foundation. Um, you know, everything we would do was just with the bar until we had four sets of 10 with, you know, great form. And the first time I ever back squatted was, like I said, that eighth or ninth grade year, four sets of 10 with just the bar. And the next day you couldn't walk down the stairs. And I was like, wow, that was just the bar. And then we were kind of hooked on it ever since because you could see you could see yourself growing. And um, we would work out heavily between the winters and summers because the winters I didn't do a sport. Obviously, just did football and baseball. So, uh, you know, I would have a couple lifting buddies and we would every day after school in the winter, we would just train once my father felt like we were we knew what we were doing on our own. We would find some different programs online. Um, different co- football programs. We'd stayed away from the bodybuilding in high school and got slowly worked our way into the Olympic lifts, which we also see in CrossFit, uh, power cleans, hang cleans, squat cleans. We would do, um, a lot of that stuff. Cause I was also fortunate to have a platform at the big Midtown fitness center to where we were able to drop barbells with rubber weights. So we would, um, train every day after school and even even during baseball season and, and especially in the summer we do a lot of running in the summer just to uh just to try to always you know because someone would always say however good or how however hard you think you're training someone out there is always working harder mm-hmm. you know if you're taking it if you're if you're slacking or kind of missing reps you know what he would say that kid from saranac lake or that kid from saranac you know he's in the gym right now working out while you're not right and uh so we would we would train a lot and that kind of carried us through school, which I could attribute a lot of, you know, being a successful football, football player to a lot of time in the weight room. And, um, cause not, not saying is it absolutely necessary? 100% necessary? No, because a lot of kids didn't. If you're a three smart athlete, you didn't play, but I really enjoyed playing football and really enjoyed exercising and being, being physically fit and stronger. And then carrying into, into college, Springfield college is known for exercise science. We're one of the best, strength and conditioning schools in the country, if you, a lot of top notch places, any, any, any collegiate, big time collegiate or pro team sees Springfield college on an applicant's resume, that's, that stands out. You know, Springfield college is known in the strength and conditioning world 
for strength and conditioning and producing some of the some world-class coaches so we would have world-class coaches that coached us at springfield and developed world-class world-class programming um, especially in our off season between usually lifting three days a week and plyometrics and running two days a week i was able to really hone in more on the olympic lifts and become stronger and right now I actually weigh about 190, but at my heaviest, I was, uh, you know, part of the, we used to call us a 250 boys. We were, I was about no 250. Shit. Were you really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. And that's when it, Jeez. that's when on a side note, I finished my career on the offensive line, but we ran the triple option at Springfield. So anyone, <laughs> any of those listeners, uh, if you know, like Navy, Georgia tech, their offense, we didn't huddle. So we didn't have the stereotypical six, five, 320 pound, you know, blindside tackle. We didn't do that. Cause we threw. I could count on one hand how many times a game we threw. So, so um, going through school, we were trained a lot too, and I was really able to to excel at Olympic lifts and get stronger and just be just be so meaty. But if, of course, as I graduated, I then thinned out and um, trained. Uh, laid off the wagon really for about a year, a year outside of school. Oh, really? Just yeah, nothing. Uh, didn't do much. Wow, you know, was okay. doing some push ups and stuff, but I was like, man, I got to get back into this. I'm starting to not really enjoy the way I look. Mm-hmm. And just exercising is all, and fitness has been a passion of mine. So I'm like, why am I giving up on this now? So and we joined in LA, a planet fitness actually had the lunk alarm rang on me once and never went back. It was done. So <laughs> we all know the lunk alarm at P fit, right? I mean, I, come on. I, I, I know what it is and I've never been to planet fitness. So oh I, yeah. I know, I know what it is though. Yeah. Yeah. So they rang and I was like, all right, I'm all set. So then we <laughs> signed up at LA fitness down back in, when I was in Connecticut and we would just train straight up. My buddy, uh, Brian and I, we would train straight bodybuilding. I mean, the typical Monday chest, Tuesday, back and buys, I think, Wednesday, legs, Thursday, shoulders, Friday, gun show. Yo, that's- and it was, it was for months we did that. And we would just, we got, we got strong too and big. Um, going back, <laughs> if you go back to the Instagram, you know, I was, we were looking cool. And that's when I started to get in to start doing some really kind of cool stuff and, you know, on the Instagram, I got some cool stuff on there. And then I transitioned to a more functional fitness place down in uh, Connecticut, Rebel Fitness, which I'm actually going down there to do the CrossFit Murph Challenge, the one-mile run, 100 push-ups, 200, uh, or I'm sorry, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats with a 20-pound vest in honor of uh, Lieutenant and, and Michael another Murphy. another mile run. Yeah, um, who passed away um, in, uh, was it Iraqi Freedom? I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so, and another mile run after that. So I'm doing that down there. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going down there at the end of this month. So, and that I've trained there for a while and gained a lot more functional fitness type sledgehammers, um, kettlebells we incorporated there, flipping tires. And then when I moved back in June of 2017, it kind of made the transition to CrossFit because my, uh, my dad and, you know, some of my family members were uh, doing it as well as a couple of buddies and, I got, you know, then I got into CrossFit and had had the base of the Olympic movements, the power clean, the squat snatch, the split jerk from my background. And then I was able to pick up the gymnastic stuff, the muscle ups, the ring muscle ups, the handstand push ups, all that kind of stuff. And then able to transition that. And now um, uh, hook, line and sink, as they say with CrossFit, like I drank the Kool-Aid a long time ago <laughs> and I'm still drinking it, man. I love it. No, that's great. Um, yeah. So I, I wasn't sure. I figured with football, you kind of, yeah, that, that's kind of the uh, your, that whole uh, journey right there is basically what I thought that you would uh, would have said. But um, yeah, so I I joke. Um, anybody that's seen John compared to me knows that John is way bigger and stronger than I am. Um, but 
I uh, I didn't start working out until like I mean I played sports my whole life, but it wasn't until probably God maybe my freshman year of college. Um, actually sophomore year of college, I really was like, I got to start doing something. I wasn't playing sports anymore and I just couldn't, you know, I just was feeling out of shape. Um, you know, and I think if you grow up playing sports your whole life, you want to, you know, still stay active. And I knew the benefit of exercise and benefit of staying active and not becoming, you know, kind of a couch potato or just play video games all day. So I ended up, um, doing some stuff, did some, did some, um, Mostly, I did like semi bodybuilding splits, but they weren't. I mean, I want I I did it by myself and I had very limited knowledge, and then I ended up kind of doing some more compound um, lifts in the sense of like squats and deadlifts and cleans and things. And they weren't trust me, they weren't great. Yeah, sure. But I ended up finding CrossFit in two thousand. Oh God, I think God October two thousand eleven. So this is, this is pretty good time or distance back. Yep. And I ended up starting to do it in about December of 2011. I actually found out about it from a guy. A guy told me about it in actually, I'll back up, May 2011, a guy told me about it. So we're 2009, so eight years ago, or 19, eight, eight years ago. Found out about it, looked up the website. The first, what, the first day I looked at it was deadlift five, 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 five. So five by five deadlift. And mm-hmm. that was it. And I'm like, that's stupid. That's like, that's all we're doing. I, and then I went back like the day before was Helen, which is um, running pull ups and kettlebell swings. And, yep. and it ended up just, I'm looking at it. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, and I didn't understand the, the methodology at that point. And it wasn't until October of 2011, I was at a, a real estate conference out in California. And there was like one day I had nothing going on. So I was in the room and I came across the behind the scenes, of the 2011 games. So like first year rich one. So I'm like watching this thing, you got rich and Dan Bailey and Kalipa and all these guys. And I'm like, like these guys are like, fucking, they're jacked. And, and, and like, yeah. but it wasn't just like they were good at lifting weights. They were doing all the, they were doing the gymnastics. They were doing the running there. And I'm like, I always wanted to train like it, like an athlete kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Like I always felt better when I was playing sports. I never... I, still to this day, I'm not big into like bodybuilding or anything. I never wanted to do that. I just, I didn't really care about the aesthetic part of, of anything with working out. It was always like, I just want to be healthy and be able to, to perform still like I was performing in, in high right. school with, with more of a strength background. So that's where I started and kind of the whole, I mean, I, I ended up getting hooked up with the guy that owns our gym, um, John in Man, I think early 2013. So I've been doing this for a little over a year, and the gym opened in April of 2013, and I've been there since. But um, I think it's phenomenal. I know people, some people like it, some people don't. But I think at the end of the day, um, I'm a big believer in just do whatever. As long as you're moving and doing something, just do something. Like don't just sit around, like be active. But I think that CrossFit is. In my eyes, the best thing to do in the sense that it, it from a well-rounded standpoint, from a, um, a longevity standpoint, and also from a, a community standpoint, which I think is the most important part. Yep. Um, and I think people that lift and do everything, it, it's, you know, like I, I go to the 5.30 a.m. Well, I try to go with 5.30 a.m. classes, but some days I get out of I get out of bed and go, days I don't want to because I know my, you know, I know there's people that are going to be there mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what? They're going to go. I might as well get up and, and, and you know, I might be tired and sleep much the night before, but I, I get up and I, I, I force myself to go to it. But that's the community aspect. I'm not getting up going to the gym by myself at 530 in the morning. Like, I mean, I, I sh- 
some days, but there's so many days I would just can that so quickly. So, um, what, what's your favorite part of, of, I mean, obviously you like CrossFit now. So what's the, your favorite part of CrossFit now? My favorite part of CrossFit is that CrossFit specialty is not specializing. So as you touched on, you know, a little bit before it's with the, with the, with the, um, the Helen and the different workouts that you see in the five by five, what some people don't realize is that, you know, CrossFit's main goal is to, you know, increase your work capacity across broad times and model domains. What that means is broad times. We could have a workout that is going to whoop your ass and it's only three minutes long, or we could have a workout that's going to whoop your ass and it's 30 minutes long, you know, model domains being, okay, we're going to work out today is going to be a 5k run. That's it. That's all we're going to do. But tomorrow, then we're going to head to that five by five deadlift, getting to your heaviest set of five. It, it just incorporates everything. Then the following day, we're going to see how many times you can, you know, we haven't touched the rig yet. So we're going to go up on the rig and we're going to do some pull-ups. We're going to do some muscle ups. We're going to do different things on the rig. And there's, there's, there's so many different combinations to the sport there between the, between the cardiovascular piece and the conditioning pieces, which is essentially the same thing, the strength pieces, the gymnastics piece, the Olympic lifting pieces. There's so many different formalities that you can do with CrossFit and so many different combinations and everything's always just so different. And that's what I always tell people if they want to try CrossFit, you can't just go to CrossFit one day, two days and be like, okay, love it or hate it. Because that one day you could be doing a five by five and that's all you're doing. But that five by five is meant to be an absolute all you got, mm-hmm. all, you know, all we're looking for is all you got here. And then you could get to the next day to where we're going to have a 25 minute workout along with a five by five in front of that of a different movement. And this 20, 25 minute workout is going to be how many rounds of, can you go through of 20 wall balls, 10 pull-ups and eight handstand pushups? How many times you're going to work, you're working straight for 20 minutes. How many times can we go through that? And you're going to get yourself a hell of a workout. And I didn't even look at a barbell yeah. through that, through that 25 minute workout. I didn't look at a barbell. You can have a hell of a workout. And I didn't even look at, you know, look at the rig or look at anything to do with my body weight. I just, I just did a barbell or, you know, we can have every, like tomorrow we have a workout that's just bike and pushups and lunges and, um, air squats, it's, it's straight body weight. Mm -hmm. But if you attack the stimulus as it's supposed to be attacked, you're going to be toast. And so you kind of have to, you kind of have to give CrossFit a chance really, because there's a, there's just a bunch of different, um, different modalities and different time domains and different movements that just keep it so spiced up. And if CrossFit's thing is, if you have a weakness, it's going to find it. I'm sure you're going to test to that, whether it's the Mm -hmm. open or a workout Mm -hmm. and, it's just becoming good at everything and it's very functional and you may not, you're not going to be the biggest guy in the room, but you know what? If there's a situation to where I need to go run up the mountain as fast as I can, I'd rather have the CrossFitter than the bodybuilder who's just going in there doing three sets of five by legs and then doing sitting on the, uh, on the hamstring curl machine for three sets of 10 with three minutes in between each rep and then hitting some quad extensions and then calf raises, you know? So it's, it's very functional, like you said, and help for longevity of life. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, like I said, I can attest to all that. I think, I think the, uh, that's one thing I looked at. Like I I find there's a couple cool things. I think that CrossFit from a standpoint of, 
I think the benefits, everything changes, meaning you don't get bored of it ever. I mean, I've, have I repeated workouts? hundred percent, but mm -hmm. the amount of workouts that I repeat in a year is way under 10, yeah. way under, maybe, maybe, maybe I can count on one hand. I mean, I, yes, I've done them, but not in, you could go years without all of a sudden I look back. I'm like, last time I did that was 2015. Really? And, and, but the thing is, because you're changing, you're always changing reps, you're changing the time, you're changing the weight, you're changing the order, you're yep. changing, I mean, you name it, you can change it. Yeah. Like you, once you have the general idea of what you're doing, you can mix match in half of, like, there's so much fun in programming. Oh, and so fun. I, I like, I've talked to guys about this before. It's like, man, just like changing a movement or, or, or at going from a 95 pound barbell to a 115 pound barbell, totally different workout. Yeah. It, it, oh, or as I was gonna say, I don't want to cut you out, but on the same, on the same ref to that. So you look at say Helen, right? Mm -hmm. Is a four hundred meter run. I believe it's twenty one kettlebell swings mm -hmm. and twelve pull ups. Mm -hmm. You could do that three rounds for time. You can make a completely different workout. Is let's go, let's call it, uh, you know, Olga. It's mm -hmm. Helen's sister. Let's go a twelve hundred meter run, uh, sixty three kettlebell swings. And 36 pull-ups for time. Mm -hmm. Now we're doing all the running first, all the kettlebell swings, and all the pull-ups. That's the same movements, but you just change up. All we did was totally different. To and it's a totally different workout. You're men, you're attacking it totally differently, as as you can attest to, um, with, with just a slight change, the slight change in things. Yeah, because I mean, to, to be honest, like you can do Helen unbroken. Helen is very easily done unbroken. You're not doing that unbroken. Like no. You're not doing 63 swings and then jumping up and doing 36 pull-ups. I mean, your your forearms are shot at that point. Right. And uh, I think that's that's one of the the, the good things. And I I was actually it wasn't anybody local, but I heard this. I mean, we know Fran, what Fran is, and yep. I think this was a story I heard uh, Chris Spieler tell once. And Chris Spieler, if anybody knows, he's just I mean, he's a legend within the, the CrossFit community. So yep. he uh, guy told him, and it Fran is 21 reps 15 reps nine reps of uh thrusters and pull-ups and the guy said something to the effect of i want to do something i want to do whatever it was i forgot what the, the the bet was and he goes here if you can break two minutes you, you i'll give you 10 pound dumbbells you're doing france so you're doing 10 10 pound so basically in, in, in essence 20 pound thruster mm -hmm. with pull-ups same rep scheme and everything else if you can break two minutes we can do whatever you want the rest of the class meaning he wanted to change something later on sure the guy got like 158 or something and laid on the ground for like 20 minutes, got up and left. Because the thing is, he worked out for less than two minutes, but he was so much at his threshold. That way, I mean, 20 pounds is nothing. But when you're doing it at this, and I'm sure he was pulling the weight down as fast as he was pushing it up. Yep. By the time you're done that in two minutes, you are you have redlined from basically 20 seconds in on. Yep. And your body can only sustain so much. Where, again, take the same thing. You go, we know it's a 95-pound thruster move it up to a 115 or a 135 pound thruster with chest bar pull-ups you're not going under two minutes that could end up being a six seven minute workout by oh, the time you all get done. six seven minute yeah workout. And, and then you look at that and you're like you all you did was change a couple things and yeah. and, and to be honest i've never done that i mean i i've done that sounds horrible by the way if anyone's out there who knows crossfit <laughs> Twenty one fifty nine Fran with uh that's Fran on steroids. If we I, I don't even know. a one fifteen pound bar, even just honestly, something as simple as bumping chin over bar to chest over bar, mm. that's night and day. Oh at yeah. that at that amount of reps, twenty one fifty nine at that amount of reps, that is that's a whirlwind. Yeah, and, and uh I think well yeah, so I mean that that's part of the fun to me is like the switching up. Uh, we talked about the community aspect. Um 
of the and of the accountability aspect. Because I mean, mm-hmm. I've met some great friends through CrossFit. Mm-hmm. I've seen people that go to the gym because they're texting their friends at what time they're going to the gym so they can keep yep. each other accountable, and that's phenomenal. Because I would say most people that do CrossFit, you go to like a, go to, like you talked about Planet Fitness. Um, what what is their retention rate of the New Year's Eve resolution people or whatever the average gym member? They'll say a year membership. No, you're not going to come in, and that's how they make their money. And the next Absolutely. year they replenish and go in. So, something like CrossFit. If you take your membership, I guarantee that eighty to ninety percent of your members are going three, four, five days a week consistently. And if Johnny doesn't show up for class, people are like, "Why is Johnny not at the five thirty class?" You know what I mean? Because like. You almost like our your buddies. You're like, wait, what happened to? How come he's not here today? Like, it's not looked at as normal when you miss a class. Like, that's kind of like the odd thing. You're like, wait, he, I thought he was coming. What is he doing today? Oh, that's right, he's on a trip today. Like, people know that about you because, yes, to me, you have like a, the tight knit um, community aspect. And I think you had said this prior. The idea that if anybody that goes to CrossFit, anybody that sticks with CrossFit, and I think, I think really to give it a fair shot, you have to go three months. Just, just fully see a full, like... That's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah, like one, I even think one month is not enough. And I think, could you go, I, I think a year is phenomenal if you can if you can stomach going a full sure. year. But I, I think the ones that really get over the hump are the ones that can commit to three months, not go a month and leave. But what happens is the people that you want at the gym and the people that that have the mindset to go and work out at CrossFit, they, the, the ones that should be there stay, the ones that shouldn't leave. Meaning like you, you, it weeds out the mm-hmm. weak links anyway. So with the people that really stick with it, most of them are, are, I would say very much like go-getters. They have a very good mindset. They're very much at like self-improvement. Um, they have a very good attitude. They're usually in my, my experience, more humble in the sense that they're not bragging about their times. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we, we both have, have coached it. We could have the guy, the guy that's been there for five years and it's going to be the first one done. And I really, I mean, good. Like I do your thing. Yep. But at the end of the day, someone just got their first pull-up. Everybody in the gym would tack the first pull-up more impressive than the guy that broke a PR on, on Fran. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. And, and I think that's part of the community aspect. And I think the fun of it is, I mean, you've done the Open. I've done the Open. And the Open's a, a, basically an online worldwide thing, um, thing every um yeah, late winter kind of deal. And it's so amazing to see someone get their first muscle up or first pull up or first toe to bar or someone that does RX that didn't want to do RX. They're scared to death to go heavy on the weight. And finally, everybody's like, well, you got to do it because it's the mm-hmm. open. You got to do it. So mm-hmm. they do it and they excel at it. And it breaks that ceiling over them that they, th- they thought they couldn't ever break. Meaning like, oh, wow, I can do 35-pound dumbbells for, for the female on, on thrusters or snatches or whatever it may be. Um I, I just think there's so much benefit in just the social aspect, you know, meaning people have, it's like a, it's almost like a sense. It's almost like a church. Yep. It's like, and people could call it a cult or whatever, but I really think it's a group of like-minded individuals that are trying to better themselves, trying to push others to better, better themselves. I'm sure guys are pushing you to push your limits just as much as you're doing to, and it could be the 60 year old grandmother, you're pushing, telling her to push her limits and she's screaming back at you to, to go do more reps in the open, you know? And at the end of the day, it's yep. all relative. And I think that the beauty of it is that people can all relate to, to certain aspects of it in the sense that everybody that goes is just trying to get better. And that's, I think that at the end of the day, like I've, I always go look at it. Like, how was my effort today? Not did I, was I the first one done or did I PR yep. or whatever? I'm always like, how was my effort today? And I could have had like 
maybe a bad, bad workout or a bad day. And I, you know, I didn't sleep good or eat good or whatever. But then I showed up But as long as I put forth a good effort that day, I'm satisfied. Like I can like check the box. I showed up, I, I did what I could that day tomorrow, hopefully come back and be better. Um, yeah. So like, what's your, I mean, you've been doing this a lot and, and uh, kind of like, what's your mindset or what have you seen a lot with, um, as you got in the CrossFit? Cause I'm sure it's made you a stronger mental person more than anything. Yeah. And just to talk, you had a, you had a really great point with, in the open, your first. Everyone always talks about their first, um, and they always remember their first. And that's kind of a CrossFit thing: is you always remember your first, and that's what kind of keeps you coming back to CrossFit. Is you know what? Rather than your, you know, your average Joe gym where I go in and run on the elliptical every day or cycle on the bike and, and do some leg leg presses on the leg machine, you know, getting my first muscle up getting my first handstand push-up, getting my first this, my first chest bar pull-up, my first um, uh, just whatever, getting your first, that it absolutely hooks you because you can then see, wow, three months ago, I couldn't even barely hold myself on the rig. Now I'm able to get my chin over the bar a couple times without having to fall off. And you just keep wanting more and more and more. So it just, it just keeps getting people hooked. And a lot of people worry about when they start is as a coach. Now I still see, and I, I like to spread awareness about CrossFit in the community because I'm, I'm in love with it and they're, well, I can't do that type of stuff. Look at it's intimidating. Like it's intimidating. I can't, I can't lift that weight. I can't do those movements. Those weight and those movements that you're seeing done are the 0.02% out of a hundred of the sport. Mm-hmm. Those people on TV, that is not going on in your everyday gym. Even people who are RXing a gym doing um, some higher skill gymnastics movements like ring muscle ups, um, heavier squat cleans, uh, bar muscle ups, that is your 1% of that gym. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is, I'm the 50 year old mom. Um, I am the, I'm the 70 year old. We have 70 year old, you know, uh, you know, grandmother in there who's just trying to stay, stay healthy and stay mm-hmm. fit and, mm-hmm. and, and live a longer life. Mm-hmm. She's not doing that. We'll have, you know, the dad who's 30, who's just trying to get a little workout and it's his first day. You know what? CrossFit's infinitely scalable. It's scaled down. Um, you know, you, you program for the best and you scale for the rest. Mm-hmm. So primarily we have way more options for someone who is brand new or an intermediate to novice level more than we do someone who's the veteran. And like you touched on, someone gets that first muscle up, gets that first whatever, the gym's rallying. You know, you got the spotlight, you're shining. Mm-hmm. And that makes you feel so good when you get that encouragement. And if you're the last one working out on a workout, everyone else is done. Um, say it was, you know, five rounds for time, three rounds for time or whatever it is. And you're happy to be the last one. You're going to have individuals over by you cheering you on, you know, motivating you and keeping you, re- keeping you ready to go. And it's just a sense of feeling valued in the gym is it's what really keeps people coming back. And, um, that's some of the best experiences that I've, I've seen in the gym and especially with the open, some listeners may not know what, what the open is, but there's some magic in the open. Mm-hmm. A lot of people get their first big time gymnastics skilled movement in the open. And then they're like, holy shit, I'm hooked. I love this sport because mm-hmm. the crowd just went wild because if there's people in there watching, because that's a it's a milestone, and then you're able to look back and say, wow, we, at a year ago it was open. This is the weight. This is the reps I was doing. At the, One year later, this is the weight. I, just, I am now performing these, these movements. You can physically see 
how far you've come. And it's just a real, that's so gratifying to, to so many athletes. Yeah. I think, I think like you just said, the tracking aspect of it is important too. I mean, we, we everything's timed, everything, the weights are timed, or I say the, the weights are, you know, the sets, weights, reps, every workout has a time to it. You know, mm -hmm. you're either trying to do a certain amount of reps within a certain time domain, or you're trying to do the certain amount of reps in the fastest time possible. And, and like I said, come back to that same exact workout. Don't change a thing. Come back a year. Did you, were you better? Like, did you get fitter? And, and we kind of like, like take like a Murph, you know, every year you do Murph. Have you gotten better at Murph? Or now did you start at Murph with a band? Yep. Now you're doing Murph without a band or, you know, even to the point where some people could be doing Murph, you know, maybe they did a half Murph the year before and this year they're doing a full Murph. It's mm -hmm. like, that's, that's incredible. Like it, nobody, it, and to me, you know, if you're, if you're throwing down with everybody, Nobody cares. Like, no trust one does me, when, care. You, when you show up and there's 30, 40 people doing it and you got people with bands, you got people doing push-ups on a bench, you have people, you know, squatting to, you know, a ball or squatting Absolutely. to like, a, you know, a high box or you have people, you know, doing ring rows instead of pull-ups. Like, everybody's throwing down, the music's cranking, people are high-fiving, people are like sweating it out. Yeah. And at the end, everybody's having a beer and a burger and we're all cheering it. Yeah. And, you know, you go in and it's just like a sense of community in a sense of um yeah i mean it's just there's so many good things i think the biggest i mean you i know you've heard this probably probably not from that many people that have actually showed up but a lot of people that run into you and probably think that you know john, john does you know you they look at you and they they probably are intimidated in the sense of, yeah come do it and they're like well you're in shape i'm not in shape and you get all these people on the outside that would say well, when I get in shape, I'll come. And I'm this as soon as oh, I hear that, a, I'm like, a horrible one. And I'm like, guys, I, I said, the I said the fastest way not to come is to say that you know what I mean is to say I have to get in shape. You'll never do it. Just show up day one. That's the fastest way you're gonna get in shape is just show up. Yep. Nobody cares. It's funny when people come in and they'll see stuff, and I'm like, I'm very quick to tell people, I'm like, I've been doing this for eight years now. Like, you're not gonna be doing any of this. I mean, think about it. It's been taking us five, six, seven, eight years to get to this level, you're going to come in, you're going to be on a band, you're going to scale everything. Everything. You're going to be sore tomorrow. You're going to be sore the next day. You're going to be sore next week. But at the end of the day, keep coming for a year, you're going to be able to do this and this. And then two years, you're going to be able to do all this. And in three years, you're going to be flying around on the rings and you're going to be like, what the heck happened? Remember when so-and-so yeah. came in and they were 50 pounds heavier and out of shape? And it, it's it's such a progression. But it, like I remember when I got my first pull-up, you know, and I remember going to the gym after doing CrossFit for a year and I was like, Oh, some of my movements are really bad. So let me, let me kind of like, you know, let me, let me sure. work on the performance part of it and the actual, um, what's it called? Just the, the, the motor mechanics and, 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 and positioning to get very good at it. But, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, have, you've obviously run into that. I know you have as a, as a, probably not as much as a coach, but just out talking to people or people that might mention it and they're like, well, you're crazy. I, you know, I, I I'm out of shape. I can't do that. Yeah, and it's 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 like kind of like what I just said, really. With you know, there is, the intimidation factor is huge. Um, people really get intimidated by the movements that you do, and they see people doing those movements. Well, I can't do that, or I'll start next week when I get in shape, or no, let's get accountable now. Then people are going to start holding you accountable. And you had a, you hit the nail on the head with when everyone's in there working out, no one cares what you what no one cares what you're doing to scale down as long as you're trying your best mm -hmm. as long as whatever you're doing that fits you that's suitable for you that is the level of skill that right now and condition level of skill you know agility coordination strength stamina that is your ability right now mm -hmm. and that's his 
why is that his? And I tell people this all the time. We just had a new guy coming at the gym, uh, a, a younger gentleman who's uh, a senior in high school, and he's and he's a uh, you know he's a big, he's a big bodybuilder, a little you know, antsy, right? Yeah. yeah, he's really he's he's and he looks good, man. He looks good. He's a bodybuilder, right? And he's a hardcore meal prep. And the, this kid's eighteen, but you would think he's twenty seven by the way he you know his bodybuilding, um, uh, his love for it. And so he's like, he pulls me aside the other day. He's fairly new. He's like, Hey man, he's goes, so wh- how many times do you train? He's like, cause your numbers are just, you know, you're blowing me and you're doing all this stuff and I'm not there. I'm like, man, you just started for, you know, like mm-hmm. 72 hours ago. Yeah. This right here, this was, this doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Okay. This takes a lot of practice. This takes, um, you know, a lot of discipline. This is, this is working out weaknesses. This is, um, creeping up on two years. Granted, I had a lot of experience before, uh, with mm-hmm. some of the movements and stuff, but, um, like this, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, man. Uh, you're, you, these guys are going to the games. They're not, obviously I'm not anywhere close to that, but these, this is, you're, you'll get there, but you just have, and it's all about putting your time in too. And, um, you know, taking the time to, to really, give a valid effort and come in every day and, and, and be accountable for what you got. Yeah. And I think, well, you said at the commitment level, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, like when I was really big into it, I say, cause I, I've gone totally, I mean, back five years, six years ago when the gym opened, I was in there five days a week, about four or five years ago, I was, you know, really good shape tracking, you know, tracking what eight did, you know, I was going consistent. I was on, you know, doing cycles and things like that. And I was, I mean, I was hitting numbers. I haven't, I haven't PR'd almost any lift in five years. And the thing is like, it's just part, like I probably peaked at 24, 25 years old. And then as life went on, I've just more th- things have taken more priority over it than, than Absolutely. And, and especially now with wife and kid and one on the way, I'm one of those guys now that if I, like I was telling, if I can get up, show up at five 30 and check the box that I showed up and did a relatively like workout for me that day was relatively good. I'm good. I, I, again, I won't, I, at the rate I'm going, meaning just kind of maintaining fitness, I won't PR probably anything ever in CrossFit ever again. And I'm, I'm to the point now I'm totally fine. Like my open, my open has gone from, you know, I think my best open finish, I think it was like, God, man, I was probably like a thousand in the Northeast or just above that Mm -hmm. to, or in the world, maybe it was like top, 10,000 in the world, which put in perspective, there's like 200,000 people that did it. Yeah. That's pretty high. I might be around like 90 right now and I'm totally fine with that. You know, and it's one of those deals that I I think as people progress like that kid, like your priorities change, meaning, um, you know, I'm one and if I show up and work out, I'm good. Like I just want to, to me, stay healthy, feel healthy, keep weight off, you know, kind of have some energy throughout the day and just function better throughout the day. So I'm mm-hmm. not 30, 40, 50 and my, my kids are running around and I'm gassed because I can't right. you know, play sports or basketball with them or whatever. But then, like you said, you get this young kid that comes in and he's like, I want to get better. And that was me at one time. And, and guess, and don't get me wrong. Like I, there's days I wish I was like, I wish I was back to that level. Cause it was so fun. Like so I could, fun. Yeah. Like I could go up and I could string muscle ups and I could do, you know, things unbroken and I could, you know, clean and jerk all this weight. And, and, and now it's like, I'm not even close to that. You know what? I'm good. Like I, there's times I'm like, yeah, the second part, I'm just, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to do the first part today. I'm just kick, Like I'm going to be sore tomorrow. I'm I'm out. Like, I mean, there was, there was one the other day, like I'm Murph's coming up in like three weeks to be honest. I might do a half Murph. I mean, it's to the point where 
you know, I just don't have the, 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 the volume. Like yeah. you, you have me do 200 pushups in one day. I'm, I'm probably not coming back for two weeks. Like, no. I'm, and that's the best thing with a sport is, is like, again, no one's ever gonna, you know, the only bad workout you have is the one you didn't do. Mm-hmm. So if you're going out there and of course life takes over, but the greatest thing with CrossFit is it's it, it, judgment free. You know, gyms are judgment free. You can, people understand people have kids. That's why we have, we have everyone in there from the grandmother who's, just wants to be able to um, continue to sit down on her chair and then stand back up mm-hmm. and not feel winded when she gets out of bed or pick the grandkid up. or pick the grandkid up yep. or reach for something on the top shelf all the way to this, to the, to the young fellow we got now who just joined, who is full of piss and vinegar and <laughs> is a senior in high school and wants to take on the world in the military coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, and, and there's everyone from every, every, every walk of life in between every, every, every background in between. And so it's, it's, it's something that as a coach and I really, one of the things as a coach, I really love doing is finding those athletes who love to be pushed. Cause you'll have, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of athletes, you know, like yourself, who are just going in there and you know, if I just going to get this done today, I'm just going to get it done. But there's, there's some people who, you know, if we're finishing with a thousand meter sprint row oh, to finish the workout you and you're kind of, <laughs> yeah, you're kind of just, you're not in their face. I'm not a drill sergeant, but you know, you set an expectation for them and you're on them and you're motivating them. And then they yeah, fall off a little. Yeah. yeah. You, they fall off that rower. Like we got like to call them CrossFit sitting and they're sizzling bacon on the ground, man. Mm-hmm. And there's just no better feeling than that. But, uh, yeah, I just, I, that's, that's one of the coaching things that I love. I've seen people and I love <laughs> what, what, uh, so you did your, uh, your level one certificate or certification. I and did. That, and that, where'd you go for that one? Uh, Burlington mass, just Burlington Matt. Yeah, Mass. Oh, okay. Just yeah. want to make sure it wasn't actually no. Yeah, abs- they they just had one in Burlington, Vermont, too. Yeah, um, we just have a, had a recent uh, um, athlete get certified. Yeah, Burlington, Mass. I went down there. Ooh, September first second week of September, and it was it was really fun. You got to meet some of the pros and and see talk to them and kind of get their journey. They've got L fours and level fours, which mm-hmm. you know level four is night and day from level one. They just dive they dive so deep into just the programming and the the movements and and everything and it was a really fun time so uh went down there with a buddy of mine cody we went down there it was made it kind of a guy's weekend we yeah. were it was it was eight to five and yeah, uh long day. you know a lot of people say oh crossfit you, you can become a trainer in just the weekend course i mean sure you can and, and not everyone's meant to be a trainer you know you got to have and just because you're you have your L one doesn't people go get the L one just to get more familiar with the sport. Yeah, I encourage everybody to do it. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden a coach after you get your L one. That's by no means what it means. You know, being a good coach and just having your L one mm-hmm. and being able to I'm a, I'm a, I'm a firm believer of just because I'm good at something doesn't mean I can teach it. Mm-hmm. Like I was a pretty decent football player. I, I enjoyed football, but I cannot coach football. Yeah. I know I, I'll be the first one to tell you, everyone's like, Hey, you know, what do you think about coaching? And you know, you know, back to going back to the old stomping grounds, being in town and coaching. I'm like, honestly, I'm not someone who's like, okay, they're killing us with this. And you know, let, let's break down film and see what they do. I can't do that. I, I, I'm much more comfortable and, and have a stronger passion for being able to relate to CrossFit and being able to coach CrossFit. Mm-hmm. But on that same pattern, I'm pretty good at CrossFit and I'm able to coach it. But some people who are really good at it, I think we've all seen this, doesn't mean you can run a class. Mm-hmm. Because running a class is a lot more than just taking your own skills and abilities and being able to do your own thing to now controlling a room full of 20 people, demonstrating the whiteboard, being engaged with them, building relationships with your 
um, building back to the relationship, building relationships with your athletes. So then they, when you talk to them, they like you. So once they like you, they're going to trust you, Mm -hmm. you know, because if, if you don't really establish that relationship, ah, he's kind of saying something to me right now, but I don't really know him. So I don't really know like if this is, I guess he's, he's a coach, right? But do I really know him? Do I really like him? Um, so there's a lot of different things that just because you have the level one does not make you a coach by any means, you know, but there's, there's a ton of, ton of other, um, things behind that. Yeah. When I, um, I got my L one in God, December of 13. Oh, ages ago. Yeah. Long time ago. This was at, um, back when Reebok CrossFit one was still in Canton and went there had a, had a great time. We did, did the whole thing, and uh, so it, it was it was eye opening because you learned a lot, and it was very cool. And like you said, I I, I did a lot of coaching. I was I thought of uh, I or I I mean I, I yeah I thought I was a pretty good coach, or you know because I, I I understood I wasn't the best athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, I understood the movements. I understood the methodology. I understood I had. I coached soccer for eight years at, at a high school. So, and this was right kind of in the middle of me coaching. Like I had a very easy time speaking in front of crowds. Meaning I, I coached, you know, uh, basically boys at, at the, well, that were the age of 13 to probably like 16, 17 for eight years. So, I mean, I was very comfortable in front of a crowd, very comfortable explaining stuff and trying to yep. relate to people. And when you end up going to, again, class of, it doesn't matter. I mean, you got, like you said, you got kids that are, probably just getting out of high school to, you know, 50, 60 year olds and you're teaching them all the same stuff. But as long as you can apply it and I was able to, and I got a lot out of it, but I was able to explain the movements and a lot of it's layman's terms. I was different than you. You, you had a, you know, an exercise background. You took exercise classes. You took, um, you know, kinesiology and all that kind of stuff. I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I had no, I, I don't know anything about anatomy besides very, very, very low level or basic, but mm-hmm. I understood the movements. I, I understood how to perform the movements correctly. I understood how those movements and, and how the adaptation works and how things affect and the stimulus of workouts. And I was able to, cause at the end of the day, someone doesn't care, you know, what, what's connected to here, what body part and all this and that they, it's like, here, this is how to perform the movement. This is why we're doing the movement. And this is the stimulus we want you to hit. Cause at the end of the day, you're trying to get fitter or or healthier or whatever. Right. So the idea is to try, like, I always looked at it as I'm not very, um, my, my terminology is probably not great when it comes to the body, but I can teach you how to perform an air squat and I can teach you how to do an overhead squat correctly. And I, and I was very proficient in teaching them the snatch and things, even more complex movements. Cause I took time to learn them. And, yep. and the other thing is, which I think a, a good coach, um, should be able to do is they should be able to demonstrate all the movements correctly. Meaning you shouldn't have a coach that, I always, I always kind of pride myself when I do workouts that I am going to depth. I am doing full range of motion. I'm doing, because at the end of the day, people in the class, if they look at their coach, not going all the way down on their squats, or they're looking at their coach, maybe not getting their chest to the bar, but counting some reps or the toes to bar, maybe, maybe not no repping themselves in a workout Mm -hmm. that rubs off. And all of a sudden they now think they can take the easy, easy road out. And I think a lot of it has to do with leading by example. And now I've, I've, and I think you'll love this. I took my L2, um, this past year night and day from the L1. And I think as you get more into coaching, you take it. it. It's phenomenal. You will have more appreciation for how little you know. Meaning like I, I went there and I was like, I feel pretty confident. I was probably like, I felt very bad. Now granted, I wasn't like, I kind of had lost a passion for coaching. I'm just not involved as much as I used yep. to be. But it's the idea that there's a lot 
better that people can be doing it. And it's funny because you're learning from the professional coaches and all yep. of a sudden you take these little hints and tips and way to structure it and like, man, okay, I can get much better at this. I think you'll excel. You'll have a great time if you, you do the L2, but it's, um, it's the idea of just trying to apply it and really trying to focus it down on how to actually teach movements and teach them correctly and get people to really understand why they're doing, you know, a push press, why they're squatting, why they're doing cleans or deadlifts or, or pull-ups or wall balls. I mean, you mentioned before, some of the hardest workouts are a wall ball in a box. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, it, it's amazing. But I think if you're able to apply it, um, and you mentioned it, we've had, you know, we've had people coach before and they might be good athletes, but if they can't, they can't adapt to people. And, and I think I've gotten a lot of this from soccer in my job. I mean, you talk to a lot of people and you, the same thing. We talked very early in the podcast about adapting to the boys on the dirt bike and stuff, but yep. same thing goes like, if you know that you can push somebody a little, little harder cause they can take it, you know, the ones that, you know, they're there just to check the box. You also know the ones that really don't want to be coached, you know? And then, yep. you know, all of a sudden you try to give them a pointer and they don't listen to you or they're just like, they want to do their own thing. And at the end of the day, as long as they're not hurting themselves or hurting others is you know I'm, I'm okay you know and and um i guess trying to adapt to that is is kind of fun you learn it but I, i'm sure you've been doing this now for like i said a few months or six seven months and about, about eight seven months eight months down yeah now. and um i i think it's very rewarding and it's awesome and i want to ask you because you've probably if i felt this but there's something about teaching the basics to somebody that makes you better because then you're relearning. Even though you're teaching somebody, all of a sudden you you almost give yourself a cue that you're like, okay, yeah, now we're learning the overhead squad, and I got to translate that back because maybe I've gotten in some bad habits. Yeah, you know, and one of the big well, one of the biggest things, uh, like you kind of touched on, is um, the more you the more you learn about CrossFit, the more you learn that you don't know as much as you think you do. Mm-hmm. The farther you get, the better you get, the more you realize, oh, wow, the, the more that you don't know. And teaching the fundamentals of CrossFit, one of the most rewarding things is I get that first athlete who comes in there and they may not have any idea how to do an air squat. They have an immature squat. They are, you know, they're rounding at the back. They're up on chest you know, dipping, chest dipping. Their knees are caving in and they're up on their toes. Mm-hmm. And some of the most rewarding things for before, before I go any further what I'm, I'm a big believer of you take care of the little things and the big things take care of themselves mm-hmm. so you take care of your air squat this is essentially your and which is why crossfit focuses so much on it this is your foundational movement for your back squat your front squat your overhead squat your squat clean your wall ball your bottom of your squat snatch that's just six movements right off the top of my head that we're talking about what you're essentially doing is you're squatting. Mm-hmm. And how are we going to get better at squatting? We are going to take our body with no load and we are going to air squat. And we're going to air squat and air squat until we become proficient and we are doing our air squat in a, in a, in a safe uh, a manner that's um, going to be uh, now enable us to, okay, increase intensity and, and increase load a little bit. Um, and, and then just seeing, okay, wow, Susie, you started three months ago. Remember when you couldn't really, you couldn't throw that 10 pound wall ball up without going up on your toes or we were back squatting and your bar was rounding. Now we're able to do to, to have a little bit of a heavier wall ball. We're doing wall balls on broken. We're adding, we now have, you know, 20 pounds, 25 pounds, 30 pounds on our bar doing four sets of five back squat. And it was just a couple months ago, you came in here and you know, whether, whether it was just inexperience, it was lack of strength, um, flexibility, all those, all these different adjectives that describe CrossFit. 
that you didn't have, but now you have it. And it's so rewarding as a coach to see that. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, the, the one good thing about CrossFit that I, I touched on a little bit before, but at the end of the day, most people that go into CrossFit, a byproduct of CrossFit is, you know, how you look and feel. But majority of the time you go in and if you really focus on the performance aspect of, I want to get better at whatever, stronger, faster, more work capacity, mm-hmm. everything else kind of takes care of itself. So it's kind of, you know, I, f- I find it, you know, it's one of those deals where if people really go in and I say, just go in and focus on, like you said, you, you put it perfectly in the, in the exact order mechanics. Then we work on, um, intensity and, or we work on load and then intensity, you yep. know? So like we're going right down that, that, that scale, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, if you're doing all those properly, if you're doing the workouts properly and you're pushing the pace in a safe manner and mechanically, um, you know, fine tuned manner, meaning everything you, you're performing the, the, the way you're supposed to perform the, or they're hitting the points of performance. Um, you're going to make so many more strides cause you took a step back. You learned it, yep. you learned the basics and you built on the basics. And, and to be honest, like you told the kid, Rome wasn't built in a day. Like so true. If you take problem is you get a young kid like that who wants to add weight and jump in with the big boys right off. And it's like, well, let's you're on your toes. I mean, we've had, uh, God, we, People, kids from Plastic State. So yeah, that's fine. We, we the kids from Plastic State that are you know D three, say hockey players, phenomenal athletes. You know they're 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 top of their, you know of you know top of the uh, the sport. Or we've had the women's hockey team, national champions, and they're phenomenal at hockey. But then you ask them to perform very basic movements and they can't perform it. And it right. doesn't mean they're not good at hockey. But when you look at it from a standpoint of, like you talk about weaknesses, like CrossFit will expose those weaknesses. And I've, that was always one thing that I tried to get really good at. I wasn't the f- strongest, the fastest, the most, you know, body weight proficient, but I could do all of them very well. And I always did very well in stuff. Like if I went and did a, the open or the competition, I, I could finish fairly high within, but I wasn't going to win any of the workouts. I just wasn't going to bomb any of the workouts. And I think that goes a long way to say, like, you know, really focus on eliminating any kind of major weaknesses. Yep, that goes a su- that that goes a super long way with the sport. And but a lot of times people don't want to take the time to work on their weaknesses because that's not sexy. You know what I mean? That's no. not sexy. Practice, practice is not sexy. Practice on doing a rope climb is taking forty five minutes in the gym before or after class and just working on foot placement mm-hmm. and maybe just doing a couple pulls up the rope and just working on her foot placement. That's not sexy. People are like. Oh wow! I want to go and I want to. I can do. I can't do a rope climb that well, but what I can do is pull ups. So let's do some more pull ups. You know, no, let's work on something I'm not good at because it's it's also very humbling, mm-hmm. and people. Do, a lot of people don't like that. Is to be humbled, and uh, you know, the, the best way to be good at CrossFit, and you just touched on it, is be good at everything, great at a few things, and bad at nothing. Because if you're bad at something. That's just gonna kill your your kill your score, especially if you're trying to be competitive, like with yeah, a couple of their buddies in the gym or in the you're, open. You're done. You could have because say, say out of ten guys, if you've got you're not gonna win, but say you've got a third, fourth, third, fifth, tenth on that workout, yeah. that's gonna kill your score. Mm-hmm. Rather than having a bunch of those scores about the third and the fourth, you're that one guy who's got that first, first, second, second, tenth. He's gonna he's gonna be wor- much worse off than you having that third third second fourth fifth 
you know? Yeah, I, I always find it kind of funny because, like I said, the big thing with a lot of people in CrossFit is the, the, the really good ones have no ego, meaning they go in, they, they work hard, and, they, and the ones that go in, you know, and they, they, they excel at a lot of the, you know, you might, and, and like I said, you can only do so many, much programming and stuff, but all of a sudden when the open comes out and you're forced to do certain things, it's like you see someone that, you know, might strut around, they have some good scores, and all of a sudden, let me see at the end of five weeks, like you said, you got that 10th place finish in there where you were top one, two, three, or four. All of a sudden, the guy that was third, second, fourth, you know, third, fourth, third is going to beat you because you had a, a ninth and a tenth, but you had one, one, one on the other ones because. Yep. Going to win every day. Yeah. And, and it's just funny to look at. And, it, and it's, it doesn't mean, like, I'll take a one, 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 but like, we know, okay, you probably, you know, maybe it was handstand push ups or maybe it was handstand walking or, or whatever. And uh, like I said, usually the culprit is some type of, of body weight movement or gymnastics, high level gymnastics skill movement, but, you know, or even double unders. Like you got to practice them, you got to get good at them. And yep. um, I mean, don't get me wrong, being strong. Trust me, the, be- the best I ever was was the strongest I ever was because there's a correlation there about how quickly you can move weight and, and mm-hmm. it doesn't, you know, uh, we just mentioned like a 135 pound thruster you can string together versus having to take a break every three, four reps. So, yep. um, no, I think it's great. Now, um, I kind of want to not, not spend too much time here, but I, th- I think we can kind of m- maybe end on, we can tie this all in because I think this has to do probably a good little segue with you know we did talk about the crossfit we talked about work we talked i think all the way your background and kind of take a little um piece off of again a guy in crossfit but we all know matt well maybe these people don't know matt but you know matt fraser right obviously and like yeah, of his, course his, of tag, course. his tagline is always hard work pays off so um i've always looked at that and i've really kind of prided myself on not being the most skilled or gifted but i've i've come to the point where especially um and i did this when I try to get good at CrossFit and I'm doing it now when I'm trying to get good at business is mm-hmm. just trying to put in hard work and just outwork people. Meaning, cause at the end of the day, I can only control my, my basically my input to, to control my output is control my input into stuff. And so kind of, kind of speak on that. Um, meaning I know, and however you want to tackle it, but I think overall with what you've said, it kind of transitions or, or summed up very nicely. Cause I think you embody this quite a bit in, in a lot of things that you've done. Um, it's just the yeah, mindset about like just putting in the hard work and what has been able to, you know, like talk, be whether fitness, whether it's you're currently in your position for business or even just life as being, you know, like I said, now, now giving back to younger children and, and educating them. Like how, how have you lived that kind of hard work pays off mindset or, or, or approach to life? Uh, well, I've always kind of, you know, everyone always hears that growing up, you know, hard work pays off and, and it's, and it, and it holds true to a lot of things. Um, you, I'm a big fan and a big believer of you get out of it, what you put into it. So in the, you know, relating to whether it's your job or the CrossFit gym, if you spend that extra time, um, working on things you're not good at or, um, working, you know, we working on weaknesses, whether it's at your job, if, if I spend a little more time on, um, okay. Or, you know, I'm not good at say, I'm a, say, uh, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a carpenter or I'm not good at, you know, taping walls, but I'm really good at painting or I'm not good at building decks, you know, learning, learning more about decks and learning more about the different, you know, angles and, you know, whatever you may need to have in the CrossFit gym. If you're, um, I'm not good at a couple of these movements, taking that extra time to work on that over a period of time, you know, 
what you get into it is what you're going to get out of it. And you'll, you'll see those results. And just with, just with life in general, it's, I'm a big believer of also doing your time, you know, things aren't earned. And I know with a lot of millennials now, they, they kind of have that, that uh, I want to hop into the most high paying job and right out of school, want it quick, want it quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, you, I'm a believer of you have to earn things. And you know, if you want to, if you want to do great, I like to think of, especially as your employer, what makes you super valuable Mm -hmm. to me? What makes you valuable? So when you want that raise, at the end of the year, your your year's up. Okay, let's have let's have the conversation. Let's have your yearly review. Why do you deserve that raise? Why, um, you know, what makes you want to, um, you know, what makes you think that you deserve this extra couple bucks an hour rather than you know the bare minimum which we're going to give you? Well, what can what you know explain to me what you can bring to the table? I always like to, you know. Or just like to feel like I have, I have, I have backup for that. Okay, well, boss, this is what I've done. I've gone above and beyond here. I've, you know, if you just float with the Mason Dixon line of what's asked for you, you're always going to be at the Mason Dixon line. But sometimes that requires you to do things at home. Sometimes that requires you to do extra things on your job site, or just go a little above and beyond. Like if you're supposed to do, um, like for me, if you're supposed to do, you know. 25 business visits a week, you know, am I going to, maybe I can get a couple more in there because I feel like, you know, I'm just always out to, 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 to get better. If I'm doing financial literacy presentations, I've done a couple. Okay. I've done a couple. They've gone okay. But what else can, what else is out there that I don't know? What else can I, um, begin to learn that, that I don't know what, what's, I want to be able to do my job. This goes for anywhere. I want to be able to do my job the best. And I'm also gonna te- I'm also gonna peek over and try to learn your job as well. I'm also gonna peek over to my right and try to learn your job as well. Let me just learn a little bit of it, and let me just go above and beyond and help you with yours. So when it comes time for you to, you know, get that year raise or that bonus, hey, you know, John, why do you deserve that? Well, this is kind of what I've done. I've I've brought in this. I've expanded my knowledge here. I have built a better relationship with this with this customer. I have gone above and beyond and done things, community events. I've been out and, and just really, um, prodded myself and given you all, all that I have really. Yeah, no. And I, I think, uh, I think you've done a good job and, and I, I, like I said, slowly starting to see what you've been doing, um, you know, in, in your current job. And I, I, I see you now kind of out and about on a lot of things. We, I know we've, we run into each other a lot, kind of at different, different functions. We and do. I, I enjoy, I enjoy uh, you know, obviously seeing, you just good people, you know, and, and and like I said, I think I think you are um, a hard worker, and I think you're putting a lot into every aspect of your life. And, and you know, I, I don't. You talked about it before. I don't think that you're, uh, you know, if people tag you in as a millennial. I, I think you're 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 on the opposite end of, of what majority of people would probably think of millennial as. So I think you're uh, you're doing some good stuff um, for. And like I said, I'm, I'm sure Ccom is lucky to have you, and I think you're doing some some cool things. And I yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I, I love. Uh, I love other, you know, we're very close in age. I like other people or peers or, or, you know, young professionals that are, you know, moving the needle forward for the area. And I think that, you know, provided you want to stay here long term, I think that you're going to be a, a good ambassador of the local community and, and, and pushing things forward. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. The biggest, the biggest thing with just with growing and hard work, and I touched on it a little bit earlier is just, and you can totally attest to this is prime example you were sitting down with some of your um aspiring real estate agents and you know they are super uncomfortable making those phone calls 
at, at any point in any job, you're going to get uncomfortable. But when you are uncomfortable, I mean, it's because you're not sure you're what's going on or you're not sure how to do this. It's not something you're routinely doing. Whenever you kind of break out of that shell of doing things that you're used to doing, things that are regular, that's when you really become uncomfortable and that's when you begin to change. I know it's so cliche that everyone says it, but it's, it's so true going, you know, having a couple of different life experiences and, and, uh, you know, especially with my job now and, and your job, it's, you turn uncomfortable situations into comfortable ones because you do them enough. And that means you're growing. So now I'm comfortable doing this. I am comfortable doing this. I'm comfortable doing this rather than I'm just comfortable doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, it's, 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 it's really a, a kind of neat way to watch yourself grow and, and put that time in and put that hard work in. I love it. Get, get on. What is it? I get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I know that's what's, what's that a Navy SEAL quote? It's something, but I'm not going to sit here and, you know, say I've ever been to the military, but it's true. If wouldn't you get uncomfortable with me or comfortable with being uncomfortable, it's like, okay, but that's literally, that's when you grow. Yeah. hundred percent. And change. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Cause John's, uh, you gotta wake up early tomorrow, but, uh, I, I appreciate you coming on, Jeff. Fun. Yeah, this was this was fantastic. Thank you for he's thank on, you for the opportunity. He's on six six scoops of C four right now. He's ready to go. Right? Yes, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's funny. We had talked about. Uh, um, he goes, "Hey, you're still good for eight? This was a couple hours ago. I said, "Yeah, absolutely." I uh, he goes, "Get that pre workout," and I said, three scoops." And uh, but truth be told, it, you know whether it's jacked or C four, I've taken. Side note, I've taken uh, pre-workout <laughs> once in my entire life, and really? I was back at school. Wow, okay. And I absolutely hated it. It did, it did nothing for me. Uh, of course, you know, we were, we were, oh, we were fucking meatheads back yeah. in the day, right? Yeah. We were total just meat sticks, just like take a slab of, of, of beef and just flop it on the kitchen counter, right? Yeah. That's what we were. We were just benching, squatting, cleaning, and drinking beer and pizza. And <laughs> so I grab, so I grab a couple scoops. Oh yeah. Shake it up. Well, my buddies always did it. You know, I never did, was big in a pre-workout. All it did was made me itch the entire workout. I was miserable. Yeah. I absolutely hated it. It was, it was called, I don't think they, I don't even know if it's still out there anymore. Jacked. You ever heard of it? I, I don't even, I, I've taken uh, I think half a can of pre-workout in my life and I, I think it went bad and I had to throw it out. So yeah, I, I absolutely hated it. I'm a, you know, for any of you guys out there want a little pre-workout, the best thing is just simple carbs and black coffee. Is that you a coffee guy? No, I actually, I actually don't ever drink coffee. Really? I've probably had four cups in my entire life because that was, I, I literally used it as a placebo because I'm like, I'm a little tired, but I got to work out. Everyone says black coffee, it really gives you the energy for that, just the quick caffeine. So let me just try some black coffee. Oh, I've had plenty of black coffee And I've today, just like so. told myself like, ah, all right, I feel good now, whether it was, whether it worked or whether it was just kind of like the placebo, you know, I, I really don't know. But uh, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my pre-workout story. I took it once and all it did was just gave me the itch. Hated it. Absolutely hated it. So words of wisdom. Don't, don't take pre-workout and, and uh, pro- properly perform an air squat. So <laughs> Yeah, and, and it'll, it'll lifelong lessons will, you'll learn from it. Awesome. So, well, uh, John, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, like I said, maybe we'll have you back. There's, I know there's a lot we had down here that we didn't get to. So That's I good think stuff on there. We, yeah, we can. I think there's some more things we could always hit on in the future. So um, I want to thank John for coming on. Uh, if you guys ever need or, or would like to see him, um, he works for CECOM, obviously business development. So if you do want to meet him, I'm sure easily reach out to him. He'll be more than happy to uh, take you up on, on an offer to, to meet up. And uh, I want to thank him again for coming on and all the good that he's doing in our community. And I know he'll continue to do in both business and the fitness uh, realm. So, John, I want to thank you on that. And that is episode 31 of the Galen Trombley Show. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. 
If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.